The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Yeah, we're doing uh, Fight Companion Saturday okay, night. Yeah. Fight Companion's fun. It is. Have a little whiskey, fun. watch the fights, talk right. a little shit. Eddie Bravo brings up some crazy <laughs> oh, conspiracies. <man>. Every time. <laughs> this time, Eddie's out, so Sam Tripoli's in. We right brought on. His, he's even more deep into the world of conspiracy. Wow. So, and he's hilarious. That would be fun. Conspiracy theory is the code name for spoiler, spoiler alert. Now, right? <laughs> right. It used Well, it was invented. The term cons- conspiracy theories was invented after they conspired to kill the president. That, it, huh. that's, that's when conspiracy. I didn't know that. Yeah, conspiracy theory, the term conspiracy theory started getting thrown around right around the time that Kennedy got assassinated. And it was directly because there were so many people that had all these theories. There was all these stories about the shots from the the grassy knoll. Mm -hmm. And until Dick Gregory went on the Geraldo Rivera show, which I think was 11 years later, what year was it that Dick Gregory went on Geraldo Rivera and showed the Zapruder footage? I just, there's a says this was they used many it. years later, like at least eight years later. Right. What well, after the assassination? They, it says that what they used the Zapruder film that, came late. They used right? it before that. Yeah, but it was a different assassination attempt. Oh, it was another uh, assassination Garfield. attempt. Garfield. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Are we talking in 1881? Interesting. Listed on a piece okay. of paper. Conspiracy theorist. Interesting. When did the Zapruder film come out? So they had the Zapruder film. I think his name was Abraham Zapruder. He was at the scene, and he was filming the president as he was driving down. And as he was driving down, he caught the shots. Mm. He caught the shot to the neck, and he Mm -hmm. he sees Kennedy hold at his neck, and then he sees the head go back and Mm. to the left. So 1975. Okay, think about that. The assassination was 63. So yeah, 75. Wait, wait, what, what, was, what was in 63? What was in 63? 63, Kennedy was assassinated. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah, there's a, like, this but was the Zapruder film was long? released by Dick Gregor, who is a stand-up comedian. Wow. Dick, Dick Gregory brought it to the Harald Rivera show with this other gentleman, and then they played it for America. And the whole country got to see Kennedy's head go back into the left and this spray of blood. And everybody's like, wait, this, this was, what? What happened? Right? What happened? Did they ever say why it took so long? Because it's fake. No. <laughs> because it was well, owned. Something's going no, on. No, no, no. It was owned by Life. So I believe what happened was Zapruder sold it to Life. Life had it and they wouldn't release it. Mm. Mm. So they either they thought it was too disturbing or. Maybe they to, were told not to. We, all, we, also have, we also have to remember that back then there was no VCRs. Yeah, the, like it's very hard to watch something like right. this. You'd have to have a, a, one of those reel to reel cameras that you could set up and watch. I mean, like nobody watched films yeah, at home. Right? You watched what was on television right. back then. So when they played that, this was monumental. This is not so, and then you had to be there to see it. You couldn't, you couldn't just pause it. You couldn't rewind it. There was none of that. There right. was no, no DVR. And you, you couldn't tell your friends on social media. You had to like go to work the next day and go, did you see that right. Geraldo Rivera show? Which is, by the way, I think it was on late at night too. Um, I think it actually says good morning or good night. Hold on. I think it's a, I think it's a late night America. Yeah, yeah, good night. I think it was a late night show. And is that so, what blew Geraldo up? 
No, well, he was already, was already doing well. He was already an established journalist, which is why he was the host of that show. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a, I think it was a late at night, so fucking nobody was watching. Right. You know, like a, a small amount of people watching. And then you know they play this, they see it once, and they go, "What the fuck did I just see?" And then it takes forever for books to come out. Sure. And, and now you got Tucker Carlson on Fox News saying the CIA killed Kennedy, and you're like, "What did he just say?" Yeah. What? Yeah. Did he just say that on TV? Like what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, imagine how imagine how um, long it took for somebody to find out who the president was before the telegraph type oh, thing. Oh yeah. Two years and <laughs> <laughs> now if, imagine those elections. Oh my God! Right. The checks and balances. Right. 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 Lynn, like when Washington. Imagine we find out if Washington stole the election. <laughs> right. It, it's funny, right? It a few is votes funny. Here it and is there. funny. What if we found out Lincoln was a Thomas Jefferson? Right. Right. They all stole the election. Like what? Man. Had people assassinated oh that voted incorrectly. Gosh. It's amazing. Yeah. But Lincoln ran and lost like five times or something, right? Before oh, did he, he really? won. I don't remember if it was for president or, or when he ran for a different office, but. Back then, they would stand in front of the whole town, like on a literal soapbox, mm-hmm. and talk for hours. Yeah. Hours and hours in yeah. front of everybody. Yeah. Explaining what they were going to do. Yeah. Amazing. So you got to. You got to imagine that when this Pruder film came out, that was a, a moment where, like, er, you got to also realize this is like during the time of the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm, so right? there's already massive distrust in government, and people are like, well, you know, what what happened exactly? And then the books start coming out. You know, books yeah. start coming out like Best Evidence by David uh, Lifton. Twelve years later. Yeah. Twelve, 12 years, later. years and nobody, but the CIA saw it. I'm sure. Yeah. It was. They were there. It, was, it wasn't until <laughs> it wasn't until Dick Gregory, a, a, a stand-up comedian, brings it to the Geraldo Rivera show. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, it's a, that's amazing. Yeah, right? it's, it's I incredible. thought it was two years. It came out two years late, but wow, twelve years. Twelve years. You know, yeah, so seventy-five. So, you know, just imagine something that happened twelve years ago for us. Like what? Two thousand eleven. Which, by the way, that sounds crazy. It does. That's great. That is crazy. What the fuck is that happening? Is Time is flying too Man, fast. And what, is. like, what, what a world we live in now, where even if the government tried to withhold information or tries to, as as they do, with social media and all these different platforms, it it, it it's very very hard. It's yeah. very very hard. So they try to push a narrative, and then different people have questions, and you know it, yeah. it creates this environment where if, if if the truth is not being told, people people can pick up on it. Well, yeah. Well, they, the, the new mayor in um, in Maui, because I was surprised he got in because um, Victorina was so loyal, kept the pandemic on. He even did that where you got to reset your vaccination status or whatever. But when I saw Bisson in. He's so smart. I mean, they're talking. They're like, what about social media? He just being a judge, right? Or he just looks over and says, I don't got time for that stuff. Mm. And looks for, you know, it just they're really smart speakers and they know what they're doing out there. Right. The people in office, you know. Well, I mean, Tulsi can speak to that better than anybody. I I don't I don't know um, Mayor Biss. I I may have met him in passing, uh, but this has been one of the big failures around uh, the aftermath of the wildfire on Maui is this total vacuum of of information from government officials to the people, 
And uh, in that vacuum, obviously, people have all kinds of ideas or theories or this or that. But people were left without any kind of communication from anyone in a position of authority to provide help for days and weeks. And it created massive problems. And so, you know, uh, the immediate line of response needed to come from the county and from the mayor and from their emergency response director. And unfortunately, uh, they did not communicate. They're still not communicating. There's still a huge lack of transparency and therefore an increasing level of uh, distrust in any of the any of the levels of government that should be bending over backward to, to answer questions and to say, hey, here's what we're going. Here's what's going on every single day. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're trying to do. Here's what we're having a hard time doing. Whatever the case may be, um, it, it has just it, it's it's been a major problem. From do, the beginning. Do, you, do you think that this is a complete lack because of a complete lack of preparedness that this is an unprecedented type of disaster never happened before it happens and they just weren't prepared they don't know what to do and they just it's incompetence I think that that is very true um, and there's you know in hindsight there are things going back as you know Maui has experienced drought year after year after year brush fires are a common occurrence especially on the west side of Maui uh, where Lahaina is, the, the, the side of the island that was most most impacted by this. Um, you know, it is, you know, being prepared for wildfires on Maui is something that if you look at their, you know, emergency assessment documents, uh, it's mentioned almost as, as a bit of an afterthought. Maui fire has been vastly undermanned and under-resourced for quite some time. So there's all these different things you can look at from a preparedness level that that should have been addressed long before. But from, uh, you know, the, you know, the county officials, uh, yes, they were completely overwhelmed and unprepared uh, for this unprecedented wildfire. It's the worst wildfire our country has seen in over 100 years. Uh, but the problem is once you get to that point, like, oh, shit, this is really, really, really bad, not only in, in the hundreds of lives lost in that fire, but the surrounding communities of people who who survived, but who went without power, who went without any cell phone signal, any ability to communicate with people who didn't have, you know, all of the gas stations in their neighborhood, they were empty. There was no way to get gas. They couldn't get food. They couldn't get clean water. The water uh, supply systems were contaminated. I mean, all of there, there was disaster upon disaster that came in the aftermath of the fire that went unaddressed. And my biggest, I, I, w I went there a few days after uh, the fire happened. Maui was my district for eight years when I served in Congress and uh, had a lot of friends there and went out to those affected communities. And what I heard over and over again was no one from the county, the state or the federal government has shown their face in our community. It is neighbors helping neighbors, families helping families, people on the island of Molokai, which you know, they they don't have much on their island. Everything comes in by barge. They're loading up whatever they have in their general store on these little boats and, and running them over to West Maui on a private boat dock because that was the only place that they wouldn't be blocked from bringing food and water and medical supplies. Now, why are people being blocked? I keep hearing that about people being blocked. Is it because they haven't gotten an accurate death count? Is it because they have to make an assessment of how much was damaged and it's so ma massive, it's so vast that they haven't been able to do that yet? Like, why is it being blocked? Think things are things. So things are being opened up now. I think people are able to, to get in and out of the West Maui area. I understand that the 
the historic town of Lahaina uh, is still being blocked off and they're they're working on reopening it um, as we speak. But in the in the couple of weeks after the fire, I don't have a good answer why they continue to block the roads again to those surrounding communities why they had why they blocked people like Kai Lenny and others from using their jet skis and boats to try to bring supplies in through the water. Um, you could say, well, we want we were trying to secure the area, but you're blocking you're blocking friends and family from coming in and bringing necessary supplies, literally doing supply runs. So you know, I, I jumped on a, a plane that was doing supply runs from Kahului, the main airport on Maui. Uh, out to this tiny little airport um, uh, that serves that community. And that was, for a lot of days, the only way that they could get supplies uh, brought in. I don't know. I I really don't know. But again, this goes back to why aren't you communicating to people what's going on and why you're doing what you're doing? All, All the result of their decisions left people and families and communities stranded in their most dire time of need. And the mayor didn't go out and show his face until almost two weeks after the fire happened. That's insane. It's crazy. And it's then insane. says he, he, well, he wants to take the land for the state. That's his first Now, word. this is well, one, of the, reasons, yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, one the of the reasons why Sorry. I wanted to talk about this. Like, how is that possible? That these people could lose their home and then lose their land? Like, how is that possible? It, it, is, it is the number one concern of people there uh, in Lahaina, is that a few days after this happened... I haven't spoken to the governor, but he said in a press conference, he said, we're talking to the attorney general. He said, I'm talking to my attorney general to explore options for the state to take over that land and use it to build workforce housing or build a memorial to the li- for, for the people so who insane. lost their lives. Yeah. But the fears that the people in Lahaina have, some of whom like Archie Kalepa, famous surfer, community leader, Native Hawaiian leaders, family has lived in Lahaina for nine generations, now being told, well, the state, the governor is looking at taking that land, taking ownership of that land, that it, it is unconscionable. And there's, oh, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, for those who've been displaced, we'll see about doing a land swap and we'll send you to the big island to live in Puna. Jesus. It's taking away the sovereignty of people's rights to have a say over their home, in many cases, their generational lands is is uh it it is such an abuse of power and so this is and i'm 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 glad that there are leaders in the community who are leaning into this fight to make sure that they are fighting this fight before anybody tries to do that rather than looking in the rearview mirror and saying gosh i wish we had done something but just imagine a governor going on television after a massive tragedy where you have we don't even know the number of people dead yet. You have this massive area that's been burnt to the ground. Yeah. And then he starts talking about taking it over from, for the state. That's an insane position to take. It is. Post-tragedy. When and people I, I, are suffering at their most, they can't yeah. even believe it happened. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's saying, we're going to take it for the state and make yeah. a memorial? Yeah. How about give the fucking people their homes exactly. back? Exactly. You know, one of the things yeah. we went over yesterday which is a crazy number. We were looking at the amount of money that was accidentally sent to Ukraine. Like they, they, they mm-hmm. oversent six billion. <laughs> and then I said, well, how much would it cost to rebuild every house mm-hmm. in the Maui fire? And it's five billion, five billion something. Yeah. Like they, that's just like accidental money. Yeah. 
But there's no talk of doing that. Yeah. There's no talk of doing that. Isn't that interesting? The, the way, the way, and it has, it's happened two or three times now where the Pentagon has said, oh, we miscalculated how much money we had set aside for Ukraine. So we have an extra $4 billion to send now that we didn't know we had. And this has happened a few times. Secretary of State Tony Blinken went to Kiev yesterday promising, hey, we're going to give you another billion now. And this is the thing. When I was out there in Maui, Person after person was like, Tulsi, tell me what would happen if we started to call ourselves Ukraine? You think they would give us some money then mm. to take care of our families, right. to put, to <laughs> fix our roofs, you know, yeah. that, that have been torn up by the hurricane winds that came through to make sure we have clean water to drink? You think they might pay attention to us then? And then, the, and then FEMA comes out, the FEMA director comes out and does this press conference, I think it was at the White House, and she says... Well, somebody said, well, what are you doing for Maui? She's like, oh, we're giving a one-time $700 payment to everybody who's been impacted by the wildfire. A one-time $700 payment. It's insane. Hawaii has the highest cost of living in the entire country. The entire country. And how freaking insulting is it to have the, the lead disaster response administrator from the Biden administration stand there and proudly say, hey, we're giving everybody one $700 payment. It's insane. And it's insane, especially because of how much money we're sending to Ukraine. Yeah. Because there's, there can be no doubt that these things are financially motivated now. That yeah. someone is making money off the well, Ukraine thing, and there's yes. a reason why well, they're yeah. sending so much money. Yes, have they we, have so much concern. Have we ever seen a, a real war? I mean, the, he when it first started, Putin came with a mile of tanks. You would think the guy would be hanging in five days. You know what? Their president, like when they went into Iraq and Saddam, and they got Saddam. You know, and they they hung him in front of the world. You would think that. Russia would be able to do that well, Ukraine, in a few days. Ukraine is very well armed now. You know, we've, we've sent them a lot of really good stuff, but they're losing a lot of soldiers. And the other, th the other thing about when they invaded was it was at a time where the grounds were like essentially like marshy. Like it, they, were, they were concerned when it got colder because then the trucks and the tanks could roll in on the dirt. But they were only coming in on the roads, and the Ukrainians were ambushing them on the roads. Well, you, you hear that Russia is a superpower, I mean, on par with the United States. Well, We've they always are. always heard that, right? They are, but they're just not, they're not using the full force of their might. I think we've spent more in Ukraine than Russia has. Wow. That's, Find out that's, that's crazy. True. Find out that's true. I think that well, might be One of the other things was, that was our intelligence, the United States intelligence agencies, in the lead up as Russia was building up their, you know, uh, manning and tanks and everything at the border, our intelligence agencies were telling the president, telling the public that, you know, hey, what, what did they say? Like, uh, they, they will take Kiev in days, like in a few days, that Russia will take the capital of Ukraine. Uh, but even their intelligence proved to be vastly, like, wrong. <laughs> yeah. Very, very wrong. And this is why... You know, people people use this fear tactic uh, to justify sending all of these, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine. Say, well, if we don't do this, Russia's going to take all of Ukraine and then take over all of Europe. It's like, 
No, (laughs) they don't have that capability. You're fear mongering in order to continue to fund uh, a war that's benefiting the military industrial complex more than anyone else. There you go. That's what it looks like. Just another another one of those 20 year wars. Is this going to be 20 years? You know, real similar to what we just got out of. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking at that in relation to like what's going on in in Hawaii. It yeah. shows what's wrong with the world. And and the it shows fucked what's wrong up with priorities, country. frankly. Yeah. It is it is when you look at uh you know, President Biden and his people announce like, "Oh, hey, look, he's going to take a break from his vacation at Lake Tahoe to go and visit the people." What a good guy. On Mount. Exactly. Did you see when he went there and he started talking about a fire that he had, yeah. he almost lost his car? Yeah. Yeah. I know what a fire is like. I almost <laughs> lost my car once. Yeah. That is funny. What? It's it's like they do that on purpose. They have him just babble something no, so you they hear... can't they can't stop him. They... He is the president. They are a bunch of dopes who work for him. Like the smartest one is probably that White House press secretary. Like when, <laughs> when that's your ace in the hole, you got you got a, a a fucking entire administration. Like think about that one guy that got busted because he was stealing women's clothes at the airport. Yeah. You know he's he's non-binary. Our first non-binary oh person in the White House. <laughs> Fantastic. And this dude just stealing ladies' clothes. Oh, like not once, funny. not mm-hmm. an accident. Like it just that's his thing. Steals people's <laughs> bags, puts in their clothes, dresses up so like that. Brought their stuff to a hotel threw yeah. out some of it kept other ones i thought it was my bag yeah what are you that gonna is do funny. Yeah. kooks <laughs> over full of and kooks. over and so there's no one running the show the show's chaos you yeah. know and then the the people that are involved i'm sure in the defense industry is like listen it'd be very nice if we can continue yeah. this project yeah, yeah. and continue and, funding and I'm, i mean watching green and even watching Hilo's own mayor mitch roth i mean it really seems and feels like the campaign is while they're signing these bills, this next bill that they signed that's going to do whatever, that's going to take Lahaina, that's him trying to get to the president. That's Josh Green trying to move up to the president. You know, like, well, they in, care about themselves. That's what it comes down to. Political entrepreneurs. And they're involved in a game. And the game is like if you're playing chess, you have to yeah. abide by the chess federation's rules. Mm-hmm. You play but in a certain a lot of time. You know what to do. You don't piss anybody off. You right. don't break the rules. You They're sign playing, this bill. Yeah, this yeah. is the game you're playing. And, and everybody wants to get better at their game, right? If you start off and you're a white belt, you want to go, I'm good. I like being a white belt. No, you want to be a black belt. Mm-hmm. If you start off and you're the mayor of a small city, you're like, you know, I'd like to be the fucking governor one day. And then next thing you're moving around and moving right. up and hobnobbing with the right people and signing the right bills Boom. and making the right people yeah. happy and... Hey, welcome our new governor. Yeah. And then the governor's like, you know, I like to run the whole motherfucker. <laughs> and then, you know, and then that guy starts yeah. doing things that what 100%. we've done with California is take the tech sector and the, the finances. We're number one economy in the country. And oh, I see what's going yeah. on. You want to win. You want to win. It's a game. It's a game like all games. You want to be the top dog in the game. It's natural. If you're right. racing, you want to be the one that gets there when the flag goes off. That's that's just what human yeah. beings do. And when you apply human beings to a game that's governing like that. citizens, mm-hmm. right? <sighs> Scary. Well, I mean, this is why our country is. I mean, it's it, we are headed in the direction of going to hell in a handbasket because mm-hmm. we have people in positions of power who treat it as though it is a game, and the only ones who lose are are the people. It's the American people. Yes. It's the people. Yeah. It's the people on yeah. Maui. It's the people who have. Uh, extreme needs and challenges who are being failed at every step of the way. And it's because they can get away with it. Here, here's the thing that people forgot about. Ready? 
East Palestine. Mm -hmm. Remember? That wasn't that long ago. Mm -hmm. That was not that long ago that these people are living in toxic soup. No. Everybody's completely forgotten about them. There's no stories on TV. There's no stories in the newspaper. What about that community of people that experienced an insane experience? A train derails with toxic chemicals and they decide to light it all on fire. Mm -hmm. And fish are fucking floating in the rivers. The skies are black. Mm -hmm. Uh, So President Biden was asked about this the other day by a reporter who said... uh, Oh, good. The president go. will go to East Palestine. Oh, he will. Jean-Pierre, that yes. lady. She's hilarious. Oh, what, my what God. He, what, the way he responded to the reporter who asked is they said, oh, it's been 200 and however many days since the disaster in East Palestine. You promised that you would go there. Uh, you haven't gone yet. Why? And the president basically said, well, I haven't had time. Wow. When I, when I went to East Palestine... I, my, I got involved with politics in Hawaii in the first place because of uh, water, protecting the environment, making sure we have clean water. And so the challenges people on Maui are facing with water, the challenges people in East Palestine are facing, it, it, it was such a huge toxic disaster. But when I was there, they were saying the the effects of this disaster won't fully be known for a while because the toxins at that time hadn't had they were being told the water's clean it's fine it's safe in the days after the disaster in east palestine people there are smart enough to know well the water hasn't seeped down through the soil and into our groundwater sources for those tests to be accurate and so they were concerned not only about well how's are you going to come back and test our water in a month in two months in six months in a year how is that? It's a farming community out there. How is that going to affect the crops? They were already seeing animals dying oh. in the weeks after that disaster happened. And and that was their foremost concern is nobody ever heard the name East Palestine before this disaster happened. Will they still remember us when we need them? And what about oh, what's happening yeah. with their lungs? Right. Those people breathing were breathing it. that yeah. air, and they were told it was safe to go back. And they were taking photos of the sky. Yeah. And it, when it rains, that stuff stays in the clouds. And then when it rains, more comes down. Acid rain. Whew. And then, you know, where's their money? Right. When they're accidentally sending an extra $6 billion to Ukraine. Yeah. What, what, this, it doesn't make any sense. It's just blatant and in your face. Yeah. That there's no concern about you. The concern is about, you know, whatever the agenda is. That's the concern. And if the American people want the guy to go there and give a little speech and talk about, I was almost on fire once, (laughs) he'll go do it. That's it. That's all you get. And you get 700 bucks each. And Ukraine Ukraine gets an extra $6 billion. This is an extra $6 billion. What's the amount of money they spent so far in Ukraine? Let's guess. Tulsa, you'd be it's the it's best well this. well over a hundred billion dollars. They divvy it up, and you, when you look at the count, sometimes they say, "Well, it's this much has gone towards billion. weapons." But like you know, like you know, the money we are giving to you that that our government is giving to Ukraine is not only going to weapons. We are paying. We taxpayers are paying for their bureaucracy. Yeah, we are paying for their administrators. We are paying to one thirty five. Whole yeah. hundred and thirty five billion. Wow. Yeah, so Pre- the president's so asking president for another just 24. Just ask Congress. 24. Now, is that August 15th? Is When was the fire? August uh, 8th. So Ooh. this is August, after yeah, the August fire. 8th. He's asking Congress for $24 billion for yeah. the war in Ukraine and, and $0 for Maui. And yeah. 10% for the big guy. 
You'd have to yeah. think. You'd have to think that. It's That's a, why it's a, amazing. It's easier to track the money when you bring it to Hawaii because all of our eyes are on. Yeah, I don't even the think ball. he can be corrupt yeah. anymore. I mean, I think <laughs> he's, just, he's just living. He's just eating ice cream and just waiting for the ticker to stop. Yeah. But this is insanity. This is yeah. like true insanity, and this is like the opposite of what we. The, the whole idea of electing people for office is that these people are going to care about us yes. and do the right thing for the community because they're one of us. That's what we want. That's mm -hmm. what we want. We want someone who's one of us. Yeah. And when you see that, especially from these guys like Biden that are these career politicians, yeah. they're the opposite of one of us. They've been in that system forever. Right. They've been playing that game forever. Yeah. You know, the excuse that, that Pete Buttigieg was the guy that the Biden administration sent to East Palestine. Of course, he showed up. He, he announced he was going only when uh, Trump announced that he was going. He literally showed right. up there the day after Trump. Trump went and visited the people there. But, you know, the excuse that he gave is a common excuse that's given by people in government when they don't show up for people is, well, you know, uh, I didn't want to get in, which is Biden. I didn't want to get in the way of the response. Um, you know, I'm busy doing things in my office to try to help, et cetera, et cetera. But it, my point is like, Joe, if a really good friend of yours or your child or someone in your family was hurt, for whatever reason, was in pain, was suffering, even if you are not in a in a personal position to be able to alleviate that pain and suffering, what's the first thing you do? Go to them. You show up yeah. and you say, yeah. I love you. I care about you. I'm here for you. Tell me how I can help. And this is what I heard from officials on Maui at, 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 at every level of the government is like, well, how do how do we know what they need? How do we how do we best help? How do we best support? You will not know unless you show up and say, I am here for you. Yeah. Tell me what you need. Tell me how we can support you. And even if the answer is I don't know, you are there for them. Yeah. And that's what matters. That sh like if you care, you sh no one should have to tell you. Right. To do this. Right. Because it be it's how long did instinct. it take him? How long did it take him to come down and finally I mean, I heard I heard from people there that it was like day 10 or 11 that the mayor showed up. That's a long time. That's a long time. Right? The mayor that you live there. Yeah. It's a small it's island. Yeah. It's insane. It's, it's it is it is inexcusable. There's there's no He must have yeah. just been panicking. Well, well, you'd have to think, I mean, you're the governor, you leave the first thing you're going to, you know, a hurricane's coming, get your emergency team ready, right? Why wasn't the emergency team ready to go? And Well, you know, yeah. the county, the, the, the head of emergency response for Maui County was on Oahu at a FEMA conference when this happened. At a happy hour, you know. Why, why didn't he, like, we all know you can get on a plane within 30 minutes yeah. to fly from Honolulu to Kahului and be there within an hour, hour and a half. I, he didn't show up there until the, you know, one or two days after and when the mayor was asked, Mr. Mayor, this was you know a couple of weeks after, a reporter said, "Who was who was directing the response? Your emergency management guy was not there. Who was the person making decisions in the hours after the wildfire?" The mayor said, "I don't know. I don't know." And, and how? What about the guy signing, sounding the alarm? Now he he re he resigns. Well, Does for, that mean he's not going to be criminally charged for criminal negligence and? Yeah, well, I mean, you're talking I mean, thousand people. He, the guy who was on Oahu mm -hmm. when the when the fires happened, he didn't show his face in public to the media or to the or to the community until eight or nine days after the crisis. 
the guy who should have been talking to the media every single day in the hours and days after. He didn't show his face in public until day eight or nine. And that was when he said that he didn't regret sounding the That's alarm crazy. system, yeah. which is a whole other like his response made no sense whatsoever. And then he resigned you know him the day personally? after. I don't. Do you, what is the controversy about the alarm system? So Is that was the question was like Hawaii has a state of the art alarm system. We are the most remote island chain in the world. And as a result, natural disasters Tsunamis. is kind of a part of life. Tsunamis or hurricanes That's what or made it big. flooding or whatever the case may be. We have the best, be. right? We're we we have, have the, best. the best. There was, they were not sounded because of these fires. And that was the number one question. Why wouldn't you sound the alarm system? We had and to wait stupid, until yeah. eight or nine days after when he came out to this press conference. And he was asked, do you regret not sounding the alarms? Because they weren't broken. They worked. And he said, I don't regret it. And the reason is because, he says, we have been trained as people, when we hear the alarm, we believe that a tsunami is coming. And we have been trained to know that if a tsunami is coming, you head towards the hills. You head away from the ocean and towards the mountains. That is such bullshit. Somebody told them that well, line. That's the best line you can come with. BJ, you know this because we all get the alarms on our phones. Yep. Say, hey, there was, a, there was an earthquake near Japan. Yep. Tsunami may come to Hawaii in three days or four days. Be aware. And we got all of our geologists and all these people. They're tracking this. You, you we have like a tsunami doesn't pop up out of nowhere. That's yeah. something that we have. De- so if that alarm sounds, and we haven't gotten that notice, there's something else. Yeah, and we would know like this. There's there something was else. Smoke. You just like could people, the ocean. Couldn't they you send do. an alarm to your phones that said there's a fire? Yes. Yes. You know, I don't know if he was, yeah. So what happened with the water? There was also some controversy about the water not being utilized. I think the power went down and and then the water pumps went down from what I, right? So the the power did go out for a little while. According to the electric company, the power was restored uh, and was not connected to to the water um, release. But, I mean, the the long, the, the short answer to the long history of, water um battles on in maui county is is going back to the plantation days when corporations essentially took ownership of the water so you know it's the the native hawaiian system of the ahupua is you have the mountains rainfall comes streams you have this natural ecosystem of waterways that go from the top of the mountains out to the ocean and hawaii's agriculture systems and wetlands and fish ponds everything was built around that these corporations came in took over and literally took ownership of the water on Maui in many, not all of it, but most of it, and started diverting those streams uh, so that the water fed directly into their lands, plantations, and then ag land, and then now very wealthy landowners, uh, golf courses, resorts, etc. But the effect of that was places like Lahaina that was traditionally a wetland. It was it was called the Venice of, of Maui. Uh, it was lush. There were fish ponds and, and farms and all of this stuff. Because of that water diversion, it's like a desert there now, which is why these wildfires keep happening. 
and traditional farming communities and native Hawaiian lands were were bled dry because the water was diverted to private corporations. So fast forward to how did that impact the fires? Wait, sorry, what year did that happen? Around? I mean, this was um, 1800s, 1850s. Yeah, yeah. This was yeah. The, but but the, the big five, the Hui Nui, the big five. You talking yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. The big five plantation owners that came in. Um, but the problem has compounded generation after generation after generation. And uh, so so firefighters didn't have access to water when they needed it uh, to to effectively um, try to fight these fires. There was a hurricane winds, and so obviously it, it, it grew and spread like a blowtorch across the town of Lahaina. But even in the other, you know, in upcountry Maui and Kula, uh, when I went up and talked to some of the, the residents up there who also saw, um, I don't know, it was like almost 600 acres that were burned through. Um, homes were burned down and they were trying to help each other. Neighbors were trying to help each other because you see, OK, hey, there's fires starting. Let's all get our hoses and turn on the water and try to do what we can until the firefighters get here. They turned on their hoses and it was just Nothing, like dribbles, huh? yeah. dribbles of water. And so literally they're going and like scooping water out of their toilet bowls and like, oh gosh, there's a little bit of water like from the last time it rained stuck in like our kid's bucket, like literally getting water from wherever, bottles of water trying to fight fires in their community to save people's homes. And watching, and watching people dying while that's happening, watching children burn. I was talking to my friend, he was a big part of my campaign. The last campaign he said, hey BJ, Children, animals burning, you trying to fight it with water that you don't have. I mean, you just so many. And so there was a request, right? There it's, was a request that was put into the state to to uh, divert the water so that it could be used uh, to fight the fires. And uh, there was some kind of like six or eight hour delay before that decision was made. And I don't know the answer yet as to what that delay was. Uh, but the fact that the fact that the people of Maui don't have control over their own water is is exactly the problem, both in this crisis, but on a daily basis where families are told, hey, you know, countywide, there's a drought right now. Everybody needs to conserve water. You know, you got to be limited with don't wash your car and all this other stuff. But meanwhile, they go and drive through one of these resorts and they see all the sprinklers yeah. <laughs> on for the golf courses and they see no restrictions whatsoever in uh, in the hotels. And it's no wonder why people there are like, what the heck is going on here? You guys, you guys really only care about these resorts, but you don't actually care about the fact that uh, a mother can't bathe her child because of the water restrictions. It's insane. It is. It, it is insane. literally the definition like of insane. It's always been like it's this. It's always been like These this. These battles and, have been... And the, yeah, the yeah. golf course sends the, uh, their fertilizers into the water, then affect affecting the fish, like Kona, yeah. Yeah. and different things. God. It's always been this. And so I, this is the thing is like, so how do we solve this? <laughs> I mean, this has been a, a generations-long battle for the right to water, which is the one thing that every living thing needs to survive yeah. water and, and the people there are fighting for that right to their own yeah. water and this is big 
this is big on the Big Island, on the whole Hamakua coast. Uh, there are senators, state senators, and everything every day diverting their these uh, streams. They, they're they're pretty good size. We call them rivers, but they're I think the the tech the technical name they're streams. You know, because I don't think there's too many rivers like Mississippi yeah. or nothing. That's a river. But uh, we got a, maybe just on that Hamakua coast, we got 70 rivers. It's 50 miles, and they just keep diverting them on the top. But even more, even more eye-catching is when you're driving down the road, Hamakua coast, the most beautiful green place in the world with 70 rivers. I live right on there on Hamakua coast, and you can't jump in the car without asking yourself, how many trees, how many worthless, crappy trees can I count before I count one tree with food? Mm. Not one tree with food. And you, you can only sit there and think, that's not an accident. That's not an accident that there's no food anywhere on this 50 miles that you would have to walk back to Hilo or walk all the way to Honoka City or Honoka Town to go get some food. And, you know, I, I, it's a law actually in Hawaii that you cannot put any uh, f- uh, trees with fruit on, on it anywhere. And it just makes you what? wonder. It just makes you wonder that what's the you law? know you you can't put tree you can't put trees with fruit on public lands trees with fruit I didn't on public lands know that and and uh, <laughs> why and why uh, no but that's that? everywhere but look over here look at all the trees you see why isn't there food because they rather push stuff like social classes stuff like the EBT card and these different things why is there no food in any of the trees? Just think about it in your head. Take a drive down the road and say, I'm, today I'm going to count how many trees I count before I see one tree with food. Will you see one tree with food? You know, and, and that's what I, I've, I've been talking about. I mean, I talk about that all the time. And it's, you know, it's, it's to push these things. It's, they, it's almost like they start eradicating all the pigs, eradicating the cows. Because you see them. You see the wild cows, the wild pigs all the time on the Big Island. And they start eradicating those things, and it's almost like, I'd hate to think that they were, it's like they want us to compete only for the food that comes in on the boat. That's the only food they want, like the Hunger Games. You guys, are all, all 1.5 million of you are going to compete for the food on the boat. Well, the this wild little... pig thing is interesting, because the wild pig thing is big in Texas, too. And it's really just about eradicating them because they destroy all the, all the farmlands. Like, they, they destroy the crops. And they, they make so many babies. Like pigs have th- pigs start their first litter at six months, and then they'll have you know as many as like twelve babies in a litter, and they'll have three litters a year. And they just bang, 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 and, and, and then they is. just start destroying crops. It, it, it's like the same thing that I said when I was in Molokai when we were when we were campaigning, and I said they say that you guys have a deer problem, but how is unlimited food a problem? Right. I want to know, how is unlimited food a problem? And I understand you got to fence off or you do your different things, or maybe they can corral all these animals and do different things with them. But we have to, we have to start thinking of ways. They talk about sustainability, but the way they talk about sustainability, they want to do it with electric cities. You know, They want to make these electric cities. They just passed it in Hilo. And uh, they said Hilo was one of the lucky people to pass one of these United Nations electric cities in, in Hilo. And what it makes me wonder to the mayor who, who let it go, uh, Mr. Mr. Roth, who I actually know personally, but what, you know, are you the mayor of the UN or are we going to make our Hilo cities over here? 
I mean, you hear all the time in 1800, it took all the way to 1800 to get 1 billion people. And in 1800, we started using coal and oil and fossil fuels. And then we jumped to 200 people within that time. So we jumped 7 billion within the time of 200 years, right? So, you know what? So you'd have to just think, well, if Ige signed a bill that we can't burn coal anymore in Hawaii and, and oil, oil, we're still using gasoline, but they want to push these electric cities now with electric cars and all these things. But you would just have to think if it, oil and coal made this much people, what's this going to do? Because we're not going to have enough electricity or, you know, we're, we're not there yet now. Well, it's not just that. But is it... What they're doing in a... Oregon. You know what they're doing in Oregon? They're, they're making people... I think it's one other state, too. They're going to have these GPS devices. They attach to your electric car. So it taxes you for the amount of electricity that you use. Oh, my gosh. So for every mile that you go, you have to pay a certain carbon tax because electricity is being generated by something that generates carbon. Yeah, like oil. So the idea that this is supposed to be carbon free is fucking stupid because you have oftentimes coal powered electric plants that are firing up extra because yeah. so many people need electricity for their electric cars. So you're so putting more particulates in the air, right. you're putting more carbon in the air. And it's bananas. But isn't that why they say you should buy an electric car? To put less carbon in the air, but the, you, it's, <laughs> and now they're going to tax you for it. The <laughs> whole thing is so crazy. Like you certainly do while you're driving. Right. While you're driving, yeah. you're, you you personally, while you're driving, if you drive an electric car, you're not polluting. But what did it take to make that car? Yeah. What did it take to get that car here? If you bought it from another country, I mean, just the amount that one of those giant ships that moves cars mm -hmm. over from Germany. Mm -hmm. like, do you know how much fucking fuel those things burn? It's insanity. Yeah. Yeah. It's insanity. Oh, and you get here, look, we're green. Bitch, you aren't green. What what made that thing? What if you got one from yeah. China? What made that thing? Yeah. It, yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, and how are the how are all of these people going to stay warm? What about their air conditioner? I mean, do we have enough energy for these people? Well, you'll Is be this trapped. Just, you'll be trapped. So just so if if we had oil and and uh, coal to bring us this far, does that mean we're just going to have to go this far now as far as the population? Well, there's also this talk of 15-mile cities, right? Yeah, tell or me about those. I don't cities. know much the about them. The idea is that you'll essentially That's what be this contained. City is. That's what this city is. But you'll essentially be contained unless you get permission to leave. That's true. Really? Is, yeah, How are they going to put the, us in there? The idea, they're, tr they're starting to roll out in Who? Europe. They're, oh, okay. they're talking about... I think they've already implemented but, this somewhere. Well, you would, but you the, would think... You would think, well, I'm just thinking about Lahaina when you're talking about this because you would think, well, how are they going to put us on that land of these 15-minute cities? But then you would think, well, how are they going to get us off our land? But they just have. In Lahaina, they just got these people off their land. And if you go... Well, they're talking about it. They haven't done it no, yet. No, no, no. I right? mean, they, can't, they cannot go on their land now because right. there, there's an there's a 80-year-old fella and he, he wants a, his house burned down and his safe is in there and he wants to go check on his safe, but he can't get in. He can't get in the property, and you know I right. But we're assuming eventually he can get in, right? They yeah, haven't but, kicked the people well, off their if, land if yet. FEMA no, doesn't, if FEMA doesn't steal his safe first, or whoever is working, or any workers and yeah. that kind of stuff, if everything doesn't disappear, right? But it's just interesting. You would think you would be able to go there and say, "No, 
get off, you're trespassing, I'm going to go on my land. Right. You would think, right. how can it be any different? Right, there's no fire it, anymore. How can it be any how different? Can it be it's any impossible different. Right. for these people to be keeping them off their land. It's not, a, it's not a thing that you negotiate about. It's not this or that. It's, right. No, that's your land. Hey, get off, trespassing, trespassers will be shot or right. whatever it is. I mean, you know? I understand not wanting tourists to go view it. Yeah. But if you can show identification, this is my land, yeah. they should let you right through. Yeah. 100%. I, I Especially know an initial, so far after. Espe- the, your safe is there. You're yeah. an 80-year-old man. You just want to yeah. see if your money's yeah. there. Yeah. I know you an know? initial concern was the, the toxicity of what happened yeah. there. Uh, but the reality is with all of the, the um, recovery teams that have been going through there, all the federal officials, that, like all of the the government visitors that have gone there, there is no excuse why they can't tell this 80-year-old guy, hey, here's a mask that will protect you mm-hmm. from breathing in all this crap. Go yeah. to your land. Yeah. It, it is funny because as kids, we played in asbestos our whole lives. We've cleaned it up thousands of times, put it in trash bags, it jumped. It was on the ceilings before when we were kids, that white stuff. Yeah. And like now nobody can, I, the, yeah. I haven't heard of anybody with asbestos. I mean, well, I, I could be wrong. It. I just don't know who it is. They, people you know? got cancer from it, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's very, very cancer-causing. Very yeah, We used to be, we literally used to play in that stuff. Yeah, I mean, well, we whack have, it off the yeah. roof and, Not and good, all though. that. <laughs> but that's you not know? good. And we're still here. Well, there was, well listen, yeah. there, was, there was lead paint in people's houses. They had to yeah. remove that, too, because it was lowering kids' IQs. What are those 15-minute uh, scenes? Yeah, I'm curious what about What are the that. plans for these fucking I, so I, I've heard of it, but as I look it up, there's an article from Canada that says it's a uh, a little bit of a conspiracy theory. Canada's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> Canada's <laughs> literally a functioning conspiracy theory. It's just a concept to bring things to within 15 minutes. Right, but but isn't there something going houses? on in a 15 minute city that they tried in the UK? Isn't there something along those lines? Just just Google that. 15 minute city in UK. But I mean, what, what do you want me to Just know what see what it. For. Just Google that. 15 minute city in UK. 15 minute I, city. I know it's going to come up, but I don't know what I'm looking for, is what I'm saying. You're electric electric city or something, I mean, right? Well, I mean, they've talked about walkable communities for a long time. Exactly. Fifteen minute ahead. hysteria. That's from March. Rather that, benign that urban planning concept. Yeah, English city of Oxford. Click that. Yeah. Okay, an academic behind the hit urban pl- the hit. It's a hit, guys. Mm. It's like fucking Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> it's a hit. The hit urban planning concept slammed flat earthers spreading fake news about livable cities. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're a flat Blame earther the flat if you don't want to be trapped in a 15-minute Where, city. Where's Kelly Slater when you need him? <laughs> so scroll down here. Is Kelly Slater a flat earther? Uh, he jokes around. He, he just uh, torches people all the time. Um, so a rather benign urban planning concept is shaking up the English city of Oxford, sending thousands of people into the streets to protest what they say is a dystopian plan take away their personal freedoms and lock them into their neighborhoods. The concept of the 15-minute city popularized by the Franco-Colombian academic Carlos Moreno aims to make cities more livable by ensuring that all essential services, think schools, medical care, and shops, are within the distance of a short walk or bicycle ride. Broadly, the idea is to cut down on long commutes and car emissions and improve people's quality of life, ensuring they have access to quality services where they live. It's not the way it's being seen. In Oxford, news of the city council <laughs> adopted a plan to embrace the 15-minute city model, po- prompted fierce backlash with local groups and public figures alleging that authorities plan to restrict residents to their immediate neighborhoods and strictly police their movements, which will happen eventually. 
The idea that this that won't happen eventually, particularly in the case of a pandemic or something where they can control people, that this is not a this is not a fucking conspiracy theory. The outrage has been fanned by popular right-wing media figures and politicians who seized on the issue as an outrageous example of government overreach. If they do limit people to those places, that is exactly what people are terrified of. If they embrace this concept and create this model and then somehow or another mandate that you stay inside that. Yeah. That's fucking terrifying. Which in the age of the COVID lockdowns is not out. It's, there's no there's no surprise that people right. are. Well, yeah. you can just buy the guys calling the people that are talking about it flat earthers. Yeah. Hey, yeah. buddy. Yeah. But no, it's, it's a spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It makes you think. Yeah. It, it makes, makes you, you wonder. It does make you think. Now, look, if if you wanted to make sure that people have uh, all their goods and services very close to them so they could walk to, that's a great idea. Yeah. This, but the concept of somehow or another gating that or stopping people from going out or having checkpoints, that's what gets people concerned. Yeah. And they should be. And yeah. cameras. You would yeah. think the whole thing's got to be camera. They should be. I mean, look what we went through with the flights in this country where you, know, you had to have a vaccine yes. to, to even fly into this country as recently as... Very recently ago. I mean, is it still the case? Do you still have to be vaccinated to fly in? I don't think so. Uh, my friends just came from Australia, and they said you do. And it's going to start back up, right? Isn't just, it? Aren't they doing the next pandemic? They're talking about masks again. and well, the, the, the White House press secretary lady, she was just talking about the vaccines. The vaccines work. Like, have a seat. Have a seat. They work how? Did yeah. you see the Cleveland Clinic study that shows that the more vaccinated you are, the more likely you are to get COVID? <laughs> it means that as of 12.01 a.m. on uh, May 12, 2023, non-citizen, non-immigrant air passengers no are no longer need to show proof. Holy so shit. my friend, well, maybe they made you have proof in Australia to leave. I don't know. Maybe it's a, an Australian thing. That mean non-citizen, <laughs> non-immigrant? It was Because if you come the across national? the border, they just let you come in. Yeah, yeah. If okay. you come across okay, the border, you. I got you. Or if you got some kind of special, oh, if all you, but if you all you has oh. a backpack and you're here oh. legally, yeah. you don't oh, have yeah, to be yeah. back. Or Oregon thing, by the way, American too, is National a Volunteer what a- Program. What, which Oregon thing? The Oregon GPS thing for EV vehicles. Yeah, but the, the idea about. is to tax people. It's to tax them. Well, because according to this, they weren't. It's like a way to supplement the people who are being taxed at the gas pump versus people who are not being taxed when they pump their EV cars. Yeah, but you're I still taxed. I wonder who would volunteer you, to pay a few. No one's going to volunteer. But the idea is they're setting up this eventual precedent where you're going to get taxed on the carbon that you use, period. Right. So you'll have some sort of an app, and we have to really fight against this. If You're, you're going to have an app that shows your carbon footprint. Now, what's really ironic is when you have guys like Bill Gates, who owns four private jets, yeah. Just one of those jets in one day spews out more carbon than your car does in the whole fucking life you use. Yeah. It. And this guy's flying all over the place yeah. telling everybody that they're going to have to eat fake meat. But that's like the ultimate elitism when you look at uh, people like Bill Gates, you look at people like John Kerry. Yeah. Who justify their own. Yeah. Uh, contradiction well, of when their philosophy. I know exactly. When he got busted and he cool. lied, yeah. John Kerry. Kerry have you, did you yeah. see that video? What did he get busted for? Well, because he was saying that I've never had a private jet. I don't yeah. own a private jet. <laughs> have you ever seen that? Have you no, seen this? You have it. to see this. Yeah. Well, Jamie, get pull that video up because it's hilarious. He's just flat out lying. Absolutely and they think they think lying. we're so stupid that we're gonna just buy their bold faced lies. Yeah. 
I personally. My wife. This is not the important part. The important part, Jamie, is before this. Pause it. The important part is before this. What is he saying? Where say? he's saying, I never owned a private jet. I don't know. You guys got to yeah. stop saying that. Yeah. See if you can he's, find that. He was very <laughs> strong in his. Because that's, uh, that's the more <laughs> interesting part. It's, it's yeah. all special interest. Everything. Right? I mean, the more so you Self-interest, right? Yeah. I mean, it is ultimately, it's about self-interest. Yeah. When, when he says that, <clears throat> it's before he talks to this gentleman. So it's hilarious. It's hilarious because he just flat out lies and then he gets busted. Yeah. His, oh, my wife owned the jet. <laughs> oh, that person. <laughs> oh, that lady. So, so how do you come up against these guys? Because that's the kind of people that are running for president and the kind of people that are running for governors or any What's high... the kind of people that are the vice president, yeah. president right yeah. now? Yeah, I mean... And how... how do you battle these guys? Yeah. Because you're a local girl, just like grew yeah. up like me and yeah. that's... You know, that's the kind of people we're up against. You know? It's true. You I mean, the, the challenge is that it's not only them and their propaganda that they're spewing, is they have their tentacles and their propaganda arms out through the mainstream media and through, uh, you know, some some massive monopoly big tech corporations. Yeah. The, the beauty is that uh, more and more, I mean, people are starting to see the truth. They're starting to see through these politicians' lies and uh, and are actively looking for leaders who actually care about the people rather than these political leaders and bureaucrats and others who are making their decisions based on keeping power, growing power, or taking care of themselves, family members, or their, mm -hmm. or their pocketbook, their own selfish interest. Imagine and, where we'd be right now if Elon didn't buy Twitter. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Thank God. None of that stuff would, none of the Twitter files would have been no, exposed. We would not have known. Yeah. And he just made a tweet yesterday about uh, Facebook. See if you can find the Facebook tweet where he's talking about Facebook censoring people um, for ad revenue even in, and, and limiting their posts, even if what they're saying is true. Yeah. Which is which is where it gets really creepy. Yeah. You know, because it's one of the things that uh, happened with Tucker Carlson. They, they demoted his video. So it was seen by approximately 50% less people. They limited the reach. Mm. And what he was saying was absolutely true. Mm -hmm. Nothing he was saying is inaccurate. Mm -hmm. And they got a note from the federal government, you need to do something about this, to take it down. They said, we can't take it down yeah. because it's true. Yeah. And they said, well, you need to demote it. Here it is. The Facebook cave to far-left pressure groups and now allows them to silently dictate policy in exchange for ad money. 
I think that the big news that that people should take away from what you just said, Joe, is the, the, the excuse that these corporations always give is like, hey, we're private companies. We can do whatever we want. But the fact that we are now seeing more and more evidence that they are censoring people at the direction of people in the White House and people in the federal government or the FBI or other law enforcement agencies is is the most chilling violation of of our First Amendment rights. So this is, says that the advertising boycott battering Facebook is unlike anything the social media giant has faced in 16 year history. Three days in, 800 companies worldwide have pulled millions of dollars in advertising from the social network with brands from Coca-Cola to Ford to global conglomerate Unilever demanding that Facebook monitor hate speech more aggressively. With pullouts mounting the company's name constantly tied to racism and hate in the news coverage, CEO Mark Zuckerberg responded by live streaming part of an employee meeting, one of the few things he's done in that company's history. One of the few times he's done that, rather, in that company's history. Then on Wednesday, Facebook's powerhouse policy and communications chief, former British Deputy Prime Minister Nick Clegg, issued an open letter titled, Facebook does not benefit from hate, touting its efforts to police its content. The boycott emerged as a crucial test for a company that has become a key player in American politics simply because of what it hosts and promotes on its site, which until recently had been vocally doubling down its commitment to keeping an open platform for user speech. The thing about this, like, stop hate speech, like, how much of that hate speech is really even people? How much of that hate speech is troll farms? 19 of the top 20 Christian sites on Facebook were found to be run by Russian troll farms. How many of this, how much of this hate speech is led even by our own government? How much of this hate speech is fake and they, they use it so they can crack down on all kinds of speech. Exactly. And I, and I think that's I think that's the thing right there is whether uh, they use the term hate speech or misinformation or disinformation. Right. These have become labels that they slap on people on our accounts I, 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 right now on Instagram. Now, for the last few months, um, they've been shadow banning me under the guise of. Uh, disinformation. And How do you know you've been shadow banned? Because when people people screenshot what they see when they try to follow my account or when they try to at mention me in a repost, they get this warning screen that comes up from Meta or from Instagram that says, are you sure you want to follow this person who has repeatedly been found to be spreading disinformation? And I've gone through the things you know, and looked at uh, some of the examples of of what Instagram has deemed to be disinformation and and here it is right here exactly the account has been repeatedly posted false information that was reviewed by independent these fact checkers yeah. are independent by uh -huh. the way of course independent fact checkers or went against our community guidelines do you want to so, mention this account when you try to tag Tulsi Gabbard they for the account holder for me they don't allow any any means to appeal or, or you know, provide counter evidence to these fact checkers. And Do some they of these at posts least provide you what the posts are. They in in the one example I'm thinking of is one where I cited the UN article, and it was an actual article reporting the UN statement, essentially uh, uh, legitimizing pedophilia, saying that sex with minors shouldn't be demonized. And I'm paraphrasing, so I don't remember the exact article, but that was that was the statement. And I posted a shot of the headline and the article which was clearly cited, and uh, the independent, quote-unquote, independent fact-checkers said uh, uh, that I have misinterpreted the article. 
And therefore, that was, you know, uh, can we see what that actual article says? What does the actual article say? Let me see if I can find it. Jamie can probably find it. The it was a UN. It was a UN uh, statement or policy that was was passed. Were they trying to use the term "minor attracted people"? I don't know that they use that term, but Isn't that they. Insane? Isn't yeah. that insane? Yeah, that one's insane. It is. It is. It is insane. And, and That's the, like saying a murder is a murder attracted person. Yeah, someone yeah. attracted to killing the, people. The criminals yeah. do more than us to take care of the pedophiles, and it's it's sad. Right. Once you they know, get in jail, criminal. Yeah, yeah. they do it, more than just, us. We do nothing. I don't know what I'm looking for again. I have something, but I don't. I would. I would look for like United Nations sex with minors. Found this is from a few months ago. Oh well, yeah, that they they legalized it or. I don't, they I mean they they're not in the business of legalizing things, but they're in the business of advocating for policy changes. And so the idea was on their side was what to stop demonizing people that are attracted to minors. Right, that it should not be. <laughs> um, How scary is that? Yeah, that is so and insane. every one of their policies is the kind of stuff that somebody like Governor Green follows. He follows. I mean, from what I've seen. But that's insane. You know? That's insane. All the politicians, I, it, they push. It's like that's how you get to the next level. Like you were talking, you want to be the best. You want to get to the next level. Right. Do what the UN is, is saying to do. That's where all the money the is. AP claim says. Claim a new United Nations report calls for decriminalizing sexual activity between adults and minors. AP's assessment false. Report published in March by the International Commission of Jurists in collaboration with the UN's AIDS agency called for enforcing minimum age of consent laws in a non-discriminatory manner. It did not call for decriminalizing all sexual activity between minors and adults. Spokesperson for the UN and the commission confirmed the facts. The claim began with an April 14 blog post entitled UN report calls for decriminalizing decriminalization of all sexual activity, including between adults and children, which cited specific passages of a document issued by the International Commission of Jurists in March. The claim quickly circulated across social media platforms, including on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Was that it? Does it show the actual, what, what actually no, the, no, the UN all, said? That's all it shows on this website. Yeah. Oh, well, that's not Which enough. Which I think it's interesting. I yeah, mean, you I, need, I'm I seeing a whole know, lot of parsing of words like, like there. The bridge, the bridge between it. But I would like to know what they did say that would even let's see it that yeah. would even allow people to believe that they said that that they right? said that that seems just insane as it is. The problem with googling this, yeah, duck duck go. Websites that are already yeah, debunk it and not, well, uh, find out where yeah, you, you got to go duck duck go. Try this in duck duck go. Well, it won't be curated, Jamie, and that's what's important. When yeah. you when you get to things that are curated, it gets it gets me uncomfortable. The very first things that come the up. UF, the same yes. Thing. Well, that's good. That means it's probably not true. Let's find out if it is true. Fact check. Post misrepresents. Post. What is? Okay. So scroll down to that one. New UN report advocates for decriminalizing sex with minors. So this is one of those websites. This is from April sixteenth. Okay. What does it say? Principle 16, titled Consensual Sexual Conduct, reads, Consensual sexual conduct, irrespective of the type of sexual activity, the sex gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression of the people involved, or their marital status, may not be criminalized in any circumstances. Consensual same-sex, as well as consensual different-sex sexual relations, or consensual sex relations 
with or between trans, non-binary, or other gender diverse people or outside marriage, whether premarital or extramarital, may therefore never be criminalized. With respect to the enforcement of criminal law, any prescribed minimum age of consent to sex must be applied in a non-discriminatory manner. Enforcement may not be linked to the sex, gender of the participants or age of consent to marriage. Moreover, sexual conduct, conduct involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent to sex may be consensual, in fact, if not in law. In this context, the enforcement of criminal law should reflect the rights and capacities of persons under 18 years of age to make decisions about engaging in consensual sexual conduct and their right to be heard in matters concerning them. Pursuant to their evolving cap capacities and progressive autonomy, persons under 18 years of age should participate in decisions affecting them with due regard to their age, maturity, and best interests, and with specific attention to non-discrimination guarantees. Now, that to me could be interpreted as like you say that 16 year old people should be allowed to have sex with other 16 year old people which doesn't necessarily you know what i'm saying like that but, they're but not the saying is, older people are allowed to have sex with younger people why not 10 years old what we, according to this statement why wouldn't that apply to a 17 year old having sex with a 10 year, 10 year or who, however old Saying, well, hey, it was consensual. Mm. Does a 10-year-old have the ability to make that decision? It says the laws should reflect the rights and capacity of persons under 18 years of age to make decisions about engaging in consensual sexual conduct and their right to be heard in matters concerning them. But the thing is, it's saying people under 18 engaging in sexual conduct. It doesn't say them engaging in sexual conduct. Conduct with people older than that. If it did, then I would say, yeah, you're you're legalizing pedophilia. But what I think you're doing is you're allowing people under eighteen to have sex, which they're going to do anyway. Where so do, the, I guess here here's the issue with this statement and why why I raised it as a concern is it does not. I mean, it doesn't say well. Okay, as long as you have two kids under the age of 18 but above the age of whatever 10 or 12 or or you know is the consensual it, it, it it's so vague as to say well why why shouldn't a 12 year old have that capacity to make their own autonomous decisions about consensual sex whether it's with a 17 year old or a 20 year old or a 40 year old or a 60 year old right it says it shall not be criminalized so it could open the door for someone interpreting that and saying that sex with someone under 18 years of age isn't criminal anymore. And it spe and this is the problem here is it speaks to I mean we we've, we've seen over and over again well you know from pedophiles well hey she wanted it or she agreed to it or whatever you know or or vice versa. You know, teachers who are sexually abusing kids in their grade schools, middle schools or whatever, saying, well, it was consensual mm. for a teacher to have sex with their 13 year old student. Right. But when you posted this, what did you what, what did I got to find it? I got to see, see if you can see find what, my... what you posted. Yeah. It's weird to make a law like that. Like, what are you saying? You're, you're saying that 
young kids can have sex legally? Is that what you're saying? Like, I don't know what you're saying there. Because, like, if they're saying that, you know, it shouldn't be a crime for 17-year-olds to have sex with each other. Okay. I, I agree with that. But if you're saying other people can have sex with them, like, I think 18 is a good number. 18 is a good number. It's a good legal, especially for men. It's a good legal cutoff number. When you start, if, if they're saying that you should be able to have sex with people who are minors, I would imagine it would be like way more laid out than that. Which is kind of, the, which is basically what they're saying is that the capacity for anyone under the age of 18. To make their own decisions. Right. To, to provide consent. And, yeah. and that's where it just like, you know, you get into the whole power dynamic again of teachers and students right. or boss, you know, I mean, not actually not yeah. bosses, but people who are in positions of authority or power, how, how, how you know, okay, yeah. How, how does a 10 year old or a 12 year old have the capacity to make yeah. that decision for themselves yeah. Yeah. or to 100%. see through this person who is an authority figure in their lives? who has somehow manipulated their minds to convince them that this is the right thing or this right. is the best thing or whatever. And, and that statement um, about not, not allowing that to be criminalized and not recognizing uh, the parents, the need to protect children, yeah, the need to protect children. And, and then you look at that statement within the context of what's happening across our country and the world where our kids are being sexualized in like kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, shown these picture books that I've seen myself that are more sexually graphic than anything I've ever seen in my life that are targeted for middle school kids. Yeah. Then you you match that with this policy statement coming from the UN and you see the danger here of the normalization of sexualizing our kids, of the normalization of minor attracted people of of people in positions of authority and there are leaked videos showing this saying hey these minor attracted people should be allowed to serve as teachers in our schools where they're they're in a position to i mean they are supposed to protect our kids in that position and yet these minor self-identified minor attracted people are in a position where they can very easily abuse that trust that parents place in them and and act on their sick desire are there any uh, examples of, of minor identified people identifying themselves as minor attracted people um teaching kids yes i mean there i've seen tiktok videos of these people there was there was a, a leaked um like hidden someone took with their iphone video of like a i don't know if it was a a school meeting or a teacher meeting or whatever of someone from the school saying, Hey, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be discriminating against someone because they're a minor attracted person. What? That's that is what? Yeah. So someone who was working for the school, like in some sort of a capacity to make decisions Just was justifying this. was justifying having someone who is, is a legitimate pedophile. Yeah. On staff. And that's, you know, of course, they'll never use that term. That's, that's so crazy that that term is so, like they did changing the terms changes what it is. And, and but then, that's the that's the power of language, though. Yeah, that's bananas. That is that is so insane that they would go with that. Because I remember that was going on a few years ago and people rejected it. Yeah. Like someone had yeah. T made the term minor attracted persons and everybody I blew mean, up left and right. And now it's sort of like it's OK. Yeah.
right? And that's why they call it a, spe- a spelling, right? Casting a spell. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is in this case. Um, yeah. Did you find out what no, you actually posted? But I, I can see taking the right away from the parents. I mean, just being parents ourselves, right? Taking the right away from parents and it. Yeah. That, taking that, the right away from everything. parents. That's everything. That's the whole here's, thing. Here's what I said. That's the whole okay. thing. In a taxpayer-funded campaign to push quote-unquote woke ideology onto the world, the UN is advocating for the decriminalization of adults having sex with children regardless of the child's age so long as the child quote-unquote consents. At the very least, American taxpayers should not be underwriting the UN until it stops all promotion of pedophilia and sex trafficking. Mm. And it, I posted a screenshot of an article from the Washington Free Beacon that says, headline, UN says minors can consent to sex, which is essentially the statement that you read. And then it quotes, sexual conduct involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent to sex may be consensual if, in fact, if not in law, the UN says. Well, that way, if they said it that way, that's, that sounds to me like an adult having sex with someone who's under 18 and that they can consent to that. That sounds what they, like what that says. Now, why would anybody, with all the problems in the world, if you're really worried about climate change, you're really worried about Russia taking over Ukraine, you're really, why are you so concerned with young kids being able to consent to sex? Right. That seems insane. And, and here's, what the, here's what one the of the- The whole agenda. This last, but it's like, are you just trying to destroy people's faith in life? I mean, if I really wanted to go full tinfoil hat, you know, Yuri Bezmenov, like conspiracy from 1984, where he was describing how the the breakdown of American, uh, the demoralization, the breakdown of democracy was engineered by by Russia. That's how you would demoralize people. Yeah, that's that's a great way to do it. I mean, it's a, it's sneaky, but it's a great way to do it. And beatings will continue yeah. until morale improves. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Right? Yeah. Always. Well, look how qu- quickly people rolled over during COVID. It was fa- it's fascinating. It was fascinating to watch how quickly people just trusted well, wholesale the pharmaceutical drug companies, yeah. the same well, people that got us into the opioid crisis. Well, you know what I believe it is, and and. You know, just from our, our relationships of living life, uh, it's all a lot of it. Not it's all. Uh, I shouldn't. I can never say that. But a lot of things are of childhood trauma and the different traumas we experience as kids, and you know, uh, from all kinds of from abandonment issues to neglect to to abuse and all these things, and and you you got all that inside, and you want to fight with. I mean, I kind of. I make it, I use the connection that, like the analogy of, like say somebody was hanging out, they were a kid and somebody went up and did the knockout game to them and they got knocked out and they were traumatized from that and when people would move their hands, they start to get defensive and then after a while, they just start swinging first. Well, you know, I had you a, know? That's, that's just, that, that is the way, I had a conversation with Michael Irvin once on a plane, just randomly on a plane, we were flying to Australia, we just happened to be on a flight together. He was going there for a football thing, I was going there for the UFC, and we were talking about, he was telling me about studies that they've done on women when uh, the child is in the womb, and the women experiences violence, domestic violence, mm. a lot of violence, violence in the community. 
cortisol levels rise, and the mm -hmm. child coming out is more likely to be violent. Wow. The child coming out of the more 100%. likely quick tempered, make because you have to. It's yeah. a, like you're you're being programmed that danger is around you all the time, and you got to be there able to go. snap into it that's, quick. Wow. That's what it is, yeah. and and you know you 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 think fighting a thousand fights will will help this one problem, but you no. can't just like jujitsu. You got to go to the root of the problem. You, right. You know, and it's whether it was your mother who you got problems. Your mother wasn't there and neglected you, or your father and different things and. You gotta, you know, you gotta forgive them it, because it's, and then you realize it, it's not. You don't take anything personal in life. I mean, somebody, you know, pulls a gun on you or different things, and you just gotta remember they're they're in more pain than you if you survive that night, you know. Yeah. But that's that's what life is. Everybody is in so much pain. They're so hurt. They have so much fear. They're afraid that their husband's gonna walk out the door and they're never gonna see him again. Now, if you tell that person. If you don't listen to me, it's going to be a winter of death, and and everybody's mm. in this and that. And severe and, and, illness. And, mm. Yeah, and and yeah. they're already they're already afraid. Yeah. They're afraid yeah. of the whole world, and yes. that's their that's the people who vote for them, and yes. that's that's who they get. They reach out to 100%. those people. Those are the hurt ones, and you know, I imagine how many much pain there is in the world yeah. just from from childhood trauma and. Just you life, know? just life yeah. trauma. Yeah, just I mean, just the anxiety of trying to survive. Yeah, I mean, so many Feed people are kids. just hanging on. How many, how many people have a, just barely enough in the bank account to just take a couple of days off of work? Yeah. Forget about I, being unemployed. Yep, and it it wipes out all of our whole workforce. I mean, in in Hawaii, we gotta wait for the food to come in on the boat, and and if if you're working, if it's anywhere near. Because the groceries are so expensive, if it's anywhere near the EBT card, why not just jump on the EBT card then? Because, yeah. you know, it's it's a tough situation. Everybody's hurt. Hawaii's in, in bad shape in our workforce. and It was in bad shape because of COVID already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and we were talking about this in terms of, like, the funding for, yeah. like, uh, yeah. any disaster efforts or anything. Like, it was already hurt. Yep. And now they're coming to, to raise the rest of everybody. And, well... Thank God I was talking to the UFC gym this morning and we said, nope, we're not doing anything. We're not doing any of the masks. We're not doing any of the vaccine passports. We're not keeping everything open. So that stuff is more unhealthy yeah. than, you know, we don't want to push unhealthiness. We need to push healthy. And you got to you got to keep your place open. You got to, you know. Yeah, that's what to, it is. We got to survive. We got to survive. Survival over well, everything. Well, the thing about survival, just the term survival, they're talking now about doing this with a disease that's not even killing anybody. This is a, this this yeah. new COVID is a cold. My kids had it. Mm. They had it for yep. a day. I didn't even get it. Yep. I didn't do shit. I didn't do anything different. Yep. I, vi I visited my daughter when she was in bed. I kissed her. I'm like, you're gonna be okay. Yeah, just chill out. She was sick for one day. I yep. never got it. My wife had it kind of. She had like a crappy workout day and she was tired and she was wrecked and she, she went to sleep early. I never got it. Yeah. You can't get COVID unless you take the test. You just got the flu. The bottom line is everybody wants to be scared. They yeah. want to go back to being. I've, I've watched so many people on Instagram saying, I can't wait for the booster to come out in September. Mm. I'm ready. You know, and, uh, you know, I've, I've already had five boosters and, you know, I, I mask everywhere crazy? in public. I'm like, yeah. that doesn't even work. Yeah. Have you you yeah. see the studies on masks. It doesn't work. It doesn't stop spread. They CNN confronted Fauci about this. And what did Fauci but say? This is, but this is a wild shift yeah. for CNN. And I applaud, I applaud them for it because 
They were confronting him on studies. You're telling people to mask up, but the studies are saying that masks don't work. Right. And he was saying they work on an individual level. <laughs> what does that even mean? That doesn't yeah. mean anything. If it doesn't work on a human being, it doesn't work. Right. If it doesn't work on populations of human beings, it doesn't work. Yeah. You're breathing air out of that fucking thing. Yeah. The particles of these viruses are very small. They're smaller than vape particles. Mm. If you've ever seen that one doctor that did this demonstration on YouTube early in the pandemic, this guy said, this is bullshit. Mm. You know, I'm, I understand how small these viruses are. Let me show you with something that's much larger, which is vape. So he takes a big hit of the vape and he puts a fucking mask on and blows the fucking the vape smoke right out of the mask. It's like we're playing a game. This is this is like cosplay. Special interest group. It's just well, and, and one of the most nuts. powerful of all in in big pharma. Yeah. Every time they announce, oh, there's a new variation and we're working on the new booster and it's going to be ready in six months. And, well, there's going to be a new variation of, of COVID by then and they're going to work for the next boost that'll be ready in another six months. And I don't even think they've tested this it, new one on people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's got to be big farmer over big pharma. Yeah. We got to right. get all that line, food. That's a good line, BJ. You know, I like that. We got to get all that Actual food. Actual nutrition. Because we're yeah. not... I remember watching this thing back when I was training, and it, and it said clearly, we are not homo sapiens, we are bacteria sapiens, and we need to eat all that food. I think the best nutritionist was uh, Colonel Sanders when he said, finger licking good. You know, don't wash your hands, just, just eat the food, eat the poi, you know? Yeah. You know, bacteria. Well, I think there's something, the fact that I never get sick, to the fact that I shake so many hands. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I real. used to do shows. I used to do shows, like I did the Chicago Theater, two shows, and after 3,700 people each show. After the shows, I'd shake hands with as many people who want to take pictures. Yeah. I waited for hours. Yeah. The fucking staff hated it. Uh -huh. but you, I gotta, you gotta I stay there. Yeah. I was just shaking thousands of people's hands. I was hugging thousands gotta, of people. That's how you get strong. <laughs> but I, I, wasn't, I wasn't getting excited. I mean, it, also nutrition, also exercise, yeah, also course. sleep, of all course. those good things. Yeah. Yeah. But on top of that, there's a little bit of something to being exposed to a bunch of different people's biome. And when you're not, like when you're locked in your house, it's actually detrimental to your immune system. On top of it, create, creates anxiety, yeah. which is detrimental to your immune system. You're freaking out, social isolation. Exactly. All the things are bad for your mental health, mm -hmm. which is bad for your physical health. All those things are connected, 100%. Yeah. To ignore that is fucking <clears throat> silly. Yeah. And it's crazy. It, it was so insane to me when during the height of COVID, uh, Jen Psaki was still the, the White House press secretary at that time, and somebody asked her, uh, are you in the White House going to start advocating for people to, uh, I, I don't know if it was exercise and eat healthy or one or the other, a combination of both. And she couldn't just say yes. Like, yeah. of course people should be trying to, to be healthy, eat healthy and exercise. All she said was, um, we, will, we are, we are uh, advocating for what you know, our health experts say and our health experts say take the vaccine. Period. Right, and imagine that that lady yeah. goes from there. Now, where is she at now? She's See, got her own show on MSNBC. That is hilarious. That's no different than someone working at the FBA and then getting a job at Pfizer. None. It's the same thing. Why now you? you're on the propaganda wing. Right. Yeah. And that's, and, and where, and that's how no, the propaganda wing is created. It's yeah, and bananas. it's no different different than um, 
a governor signing a bunch of bills to screw us all over and getting to president. It's now, all the same stuff. And we, while we're talking about that, let's. I want to ask you, Tulsi. What what is the the legal precedent? Like, what are you? What is a governor allowed to do when the governor's saying we might acquire that land and build a monument, which is fucking insane? Is that legal? Is that possible? Has that happened? I don't know that that it's happened in in any other state. Every state has its own state constitution and its own laws that govern what the governor, what the executive branch of the state is or isn't allowed to do. Uh, the concerning thing is that the governor, I think again, it was about a week after this happened, said, "I'm having my attorney general look into the legalities of the state taking ownership of the land." Uh, I'm not aware that that an answer has come back on that. Governor Green, after the after people were rightly outraged at his statement, he tried to walk it back and say, saying, OK, well, we're not going to allow big developers to come in and steal the land from the people. But um, the fact that the people's sovereign right to have the, the decision making power over their own land and their homes has not been expressly stated is why everyone there and why all of us are so concerned. Well, you should be so concerned that that's his initial statement. Yes. The, the initial statement is not, how come we can send so much money to Ukraine and we can't send that money to Maui? Right. How come? Because they want us to see that, to lose faith in what's going on, I believe. I mean, well, they're I not think, hiding I think, it. I mean, he I just said think what he meant. Nothing I, hid, nothing I, hid. I just think what it is, is there's no financial interest for them to send money to Ukraine. Or excuse me, to send money yeah. to Maui. Yeah. There's a financial interest because of the defense contractors, the amount of money that's being spent. Yes, there is, you go. Like and that's propping up the people that are behind the deep state. And, and I believe, just like you in in Hawaii, why don't we have a hundred casino boats down Waikiki and NASCAR tracks and another stadium on the Big Island and jobs so our people don't have to move away because nobody has to leave. The Big Island, you can fit 15, 20 million people over there. That place is huge. It's huge. Nobody has to leave. But I believe, you know, di different things. You know, you got a place like if we had a, a economy worth um, like a trillion dollars, what would what would uh, Pearl Harbor have to pay every five years? You're talking about real money. You're talking about a lot of money. Pohakuloa, the, the military base on the top of the Big Island, that's bigger than the island of Kauai. That one base, and so they're building a residential area right now. But how much would that residential area cost them? You know, if we actually had an economy, we need the, every dollar we can get. Hawaii is is poor. It's a it's a um, completely reliant yeah. on people yeah, coming and, in and spending money. And yeah, that's all it is. And, and that didn't happen for but, two but, years. But why can't we take that to the next level? One hundred right. casino boats in Waikiki. I mean, why everybody not? with money in their pockets and. Because I believe the military-industrial complex, you, they'll have to pay so much just for Pearl Harbor. You know, and it gets scary when they start changing, because that was the Pearl River. When they start changing the name from river to harbor, they're doing that in Hilo now with the Wailoa River. It makes you, makes you wonder what's coming next, you know? Has anybody, tried, has anybody tried to stop casino boats? Has um, anybody they're, tried they're, to put in casino boats? The, the debate around whether, because what, what do they call Vegas? The Ninth Island. Right. Because a lot of people from Hawaii go to Vegas, they'll go for the weekend, they'll gamble, and then they'll come home. I haven't I don't know the numbers recently, but for a long time, there's been this debate in Hawaii whether or not to legalize gambling in the state. We are one of two states that does not allow 
legal gambling of any sort. Do you have a lottery? It's Hawaii and Utah. We don't no, have not a even a lottery. We don't got wow. nothing because of these things. And so you know? even even uh, you know uh, Department of Hawaiian Homelands, there are Native Hawaiian uh, homestead lands. There have been proposals to build casinos on Hawaiian uh, homestead lands, similar to how they have on Indian reservations in other states. And even that has not passed in the state. And again, I don't know. I don't know. There, There is something in Hawaii where, again, this is not based on current data, but the arguments I've heard in the past is people are like, hey, we see that there's a lot of negative elements that can go along with casinos. We'd rather fly to Vegas, gamble there, and then come back and keep Hawaii, Hawaii. There are two sides to the argument. I get it. But that it, it's not a universally supported concept, I guess, is my point. I, I guess when do you feel I mean, of course, anything will bring crime. I guess people bring crime. But, you know, when you think about Vegas or whatever, you you know, how, I haven't been there for a little bit. But I mean, is there the crime and the crime in Vegas had a bit of an uptick during the pandemic. But that's like everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. People were out of work, that's, and also that's the cops the weren't around. Yeah. And, and there was the because of the George Floyd protests. There was a lot of defund the police talk everywhere in the country, and you know, just like things are just more wild. Mm-hmm. That's calmed down. Vegas seems like Vegas now. It just seems normal. Like yeah, they yeah. they do a great job in kind of squashing as much of crime and violence as they can. Yeah, considering the massive amount of people that fly in. Look, if you were going to have a casino you're going to have more trouble but you're also gonna have more money yeah so the I, question is like do you believe that people should have the freedom to gamble I do I don't even gamble at casinos me neither but I believe you should be able to gamble and Hawaii when we had the 2008 uh, finance the financial collapse they were talking about and they were ready to put it on the ballot to start letting 18 year olds drink so I mean we're, we're considering letting 18 year olds drink we, you know, we just we need jobs, though. Either way, yeah, no matter. Jobs. We're not we're not here to talk about the moral issue of all of right. that, but but we need jobs. We, our, none of our people have to leave. Hawaii's. Uh, I always say that Hawaii's uh, biggest export is our people. The tourists yeah. come in on the full plane, and then the plane leaves empty because we send nothing. Only thing we send is our children to move away to use their labor in another. Yeah, their labor and their love in another. State. And it's hard. I mean, th- there was a report that just came out that showed Hawaii's uh, highest cost of living in the country and yeah. a living wage in Hawaii. In order to just live, uh, not not do well or be wealthier, the living wage in Hawaii is around one hundred thirteen thousand dollars a year. Holy shit! One hundred thirteen grand. We we have to take care. That's and I'll crazy. tell you, people working at the valet stand at you know Hotel X in Hawaii. I, I can pretty much guarantee he's not making one hundred thirteen thousand dollars a year. He's or the woman who's going in and cleaning the hotel rooms. As people say, how do people make it? People make it because you've got three or four generations living under one roof. There you go, and, that's and most wh- people working two jobs. And that's why they move to Las Vegas because they can live by themselves with their wife and their two yep. kids in a four bedroom house, or they're gonna live with their mom. Yeah, that's that's what they're looking at. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is there been talk about Hawaii seceding from the United States? Well, that's there always are, that's are, always been talked yeah. about. Always there. I mean, there's there's always been a sovereignty movement in Hawaii, who point to the overthrow of the queen that they don't have a treaty yeah. or whatever in these things. But and and their their yeah. their effort to return Hawaii back to a sovereign. It's kind of crazy. 
that it's America and it's five hours over the ocean in pl- in a plane. Right. <laughs> it is strange. Yeah. 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 That's so crazy. That's so crazy. Yeah. It is. Uh, I mean, wondering, I mean, because I hear it all the time. There is no treaty. There is no treaty signed and this and that, you know. I mean, it's stuff we hear all our whole lives growing up as a kid. But, uh, you know, I, right now, I think I just, my heart directed at, we got to do something now. I mean, the property assessment tax, that's, if the guy next to you buys a house for $20 million, now you pay the same tax yeah. level as this guy. Yeah. And if you were just a generational family with all your kids, just uh, look just like me and her, and we're in the house hanging out, how are we going to pay the taxes There's for no a 20 so the property Th- taxes has are to based now, based on the property value. Yeah. Right? So if the property value goes up, your taxes go up, and it essentially yep. pushes people out. And nobody can, nobody can withstand this. No. And it's, it's. When well, we saw this scary. a lot during COVID too, is is a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of very wealthy people from the mainland were seizing on the opportunity. Like, hey, if I got to be at home and stuck at home and work from home, I'm going to go do it in Hawaii. And they were throwing down, uh, you know, if a house, a, a single family home, not built recently, not fancy, is on the market for 900 grand. They would throw down like $1.5 million cash to scoop that house up off the market. And this was happening over and over and over again. How does any local family compete with people from the mainland coming in and throwing down millions of dollars cash. And that drives all of the prices up. up. I, yeah. I do admit, though, with all of these problems going on in, in America and, you know, with President Biden and everything going on, I see a lot of people who aren't Native Hawaiian trying to go over to that, to that um, Native Hawaiian movement because they're scared and, they're, you know, they're, they're scared themselves about what everything that's going on and what are... You know, so everybody are kind of keeping them open mind to different things. I mean, I'm sure when all the coronavirus coronavirus stuff was happening, so was Texas, so was Florida. You know, but everybody had a more open mind as kind of a more independent uh, attitude as moving forward. Well, and it's interesting to see that. It is interesting. What's interesting is if there wasn't a Florida and if there wasn't a Texas, there wasn't places that were open. Mm-hmm. You know, when I came here, I came here in May of 2020. That's when I was already—I was already like, "Fuck this!" Mm-hmm. I, I was already like, it was only a couple months in. I was like, "What happened in two weeks?" Right. Like everything shut down. Everything's staying shut down. All my friends that were in the restaurant industry were struggling hardcore. They lost somewhere in the neighborhood of seventy percent of the restaurants in Los Angeles. And, and how many small coming, businesses? Now they're coming for the rest. And you know? so when that happened, I started looking out here in May, and uh, I went to a restaurant with my kids. And they were like, we don't have to wear a mask. Like they were sitting down, like we can eat at a restaurant. Like in two months, they were already like, everybody was already freaked out. Yeah. And then we went to the lake and people were like playing music and jumping in the water. And I was, and they were like, we want to live here. Yeah. Right. That'll do it. That was it. That's. And two months it later, crazy? I lived here. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how Dr. Evil runs New York, California, and Hawaii? Those are like his three, his three main <laughs> things that he controls. You know? <laughs> Right? Isn't it, is it amazing? Crazy. The but, three best places he controls them. Well, the concern that people have here is that people are going to move here and vote the same way. And yeah. they're going to vote some totalitarian asshole well, and the, just sort of impose the same sort of laws here. Well, I just think, that, I mean, their moving is going to, help, going to be one thing that will help them. But even on the other side, the fact that we don't heal the childhood trauma from the kids. I mean, in ninth grade, fifth grade, ninth grade, 
you know, through high school, you sh- there should be classes, communication classes, how for everybody, how for people to get along and uh, communicate. Yeah. I mean, one of the main things you see, I mean, just in the relationships that we know, I'm sure, just, you know, blame, resentment, and self-pity. And some, some are so good they could blame you for it and tell you that's why they hate you and that's why they're in the position they're stuck in in life. Yeah. And I, I believe we have to do something about that. I, I don't know if it's a therapy thing. I don't even know if they... Train the therapies to the therapists to even work on this stuff, but you know this this child. You know they're talking about the voting. Well, the the hurt children and all these things. That's who's gonna follow these people. You know that's who they're. That's who they reach out to. Yeah, they're, they're definitely not teaching people how to think. You know, and that that's exactly. a real problem. And they're mm-hmm. certainly not teaching people about all the lies that have already been told. Yeah, you know, they're they're not the, the idea that you're supposed to trust the government, which consistently lies about almost everything. Mm-hmm. Like, and and now we're supposed to trust the Zapruder film twelve years late. <laughs> twelve years late. I mean, right? It makes well, you wonder. Yeah, things happen much quicker now, obviously, but it's it all it boils down to when have they not lied? That's yeah, what I want to know. Yeah, that's what, what it is. What what great event has not been you know, somehow or another propagandized? Yeah. I mean, you'd have to think the the elections for Pharaoh back in the day. Do you trust those, or like you said, do you trust John Adams and Thomas Jefferson's election? When now, you when know? you were running, when you were running for governor, like what was your experience in terms of like bumping heads with these people? I think I think the Republican Party really went against me when I. Um, when I went into the Department of Education, because that's why I was running. I mean, I was running for the children, and I was running because if you can print all the money you could possibly ever need, why the hell are you asking us for taxes, you know, type of thing. And, and uh, you know, I, I would say that's when it started, um, when I went into the education, and I, and I told the guy, I said, hey, you got to go. You got to go. Because you, you walked c- into the Department of Education building, right? Yeah. And I said, you you guys got to go. And I think from that time, you know, uh, whoever the powers that be behind the, re- it's like the wi- Women's League of Republicans. They run the Republican Party there. So I think it's Lingo, Duke, um, Duke Iona, Linda Lingo, Pat Psyche, and whoever else they put in the top of that thing. And, you know, people say deep state. I, I don't really use that word. People say different things. But, you know, special interest groups. But you think about it. I, I walk. I'm walking in, thinking to try to help in, help people. And you know, the the Republicans own the businesses, and the Democrats keep the money coming from Washington. So they're gonna love these guys. They got their little hooey up on the top of a group. You know that these guys bring all the money. These guys own businesses. So you're really getting shot from both sides. But I think where where my me and my mother talk a, a lot about different things. And I think she was just kind of bummed out because they came to her for years, the Republican Party, asking for money, asking for money, asking for money. Hey, what did you guys give us when we when we ran? You know, just just uh, just an enemy. So. So what were you trying to do with the education department? Well, to get the mass off the kids, stop all of that stuff, um, because it was people. I mean, people would say, well, they're not speaking as good and this and that. But we know what that was all about. It was all about making us illiterate. They don't want us to read because then we'll know what's going on. You know, and that's what, if you ask me, why would you keep that thing on there? But they were also getting, of course, special interest groups. They were getting money, 200, an extra 250000 Yeah, but un- unfortunately, a lot of people believed in masks back then. They, they, and then there's people that believe in it now. They're not 
they're not like the purveyors of propaganda in a sense that they're not trying to control people. They're just terrified people that are filled with anxiety that wear masks all the time and think you should too. You know, and I well, know people like that. I think that's a misery enjoys company thing, a little bit of it too. Yeah. You know? There's a little bit of it too, but it's also, they were, they were under the, erone and I've had arguments with people about this. Mm -hmm. You don't have many more because now the data's out, but people that were saying that masks work, like, yeah. they don't. They don't. They're saying it on CNN now. So you tell me why you think kids should wear masks because that's fucking bananas. Yeah, but if, it, it, if they don't work and they statistically show they don't work, are you just doing this as like a theater? Mm -hmm. Is this a theater to show that you're safe? Is it to make people yeah. less anxious? Like, were, what is it? They were getting a lot more money. The the Department of Education in Hawaii was getting a certain amount of more money for this from those emergency the COVID, funds. The, the emergency COVID, funds, uh, whatever. Yeah, if they comply. Yeah, so they would get yep. money that they would spend on what? Good question. Yeah, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. But I mean, you look at these different things. Like University of Hawaii gets their money from, was getting so much money from um, Governor Egan. You just look at these different things, and they're all just a different department of the state. Whether it's called the University of Hawaii or the Department of Health, or you know whatever it is down the line, they're just all state departments. When you think about how much fear was fomented around the whole COVID situation. You look at the fear that was fomented around this war in Ukraine, saying if we don't go fight them over here, the Russians are going to come and take over America. When you look at the fear that's fomented around other wars that have been started, you look at the fear that was fomented in the, in the whole post 9-11 era that led to the Patriot Act and, and total violation of our civil liberties. In all of these examples, you can see how Ultimately, what's at the heart of this fomenting of fear by people in power is control. Yeah. That if they make us afraid as a people, then we will be more accepting of them taking away our civil liberties and our freedoms and, and extending that long arm of Big Brother into some of the most personal parts of our lives. And that, that is the ultimate abuse of power. When you look at the, the uh, rights and freedoms that are enshrined in the Constitution of Bill of Rights— and you see people who have raised their right hand, like I did, both as a soldier and a member of Congress, to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, directly taking action intentionally to undermine our rights and liberties in the Constitution, to increase their power. That is, that, that is what is at the core of the problem that we have in this country right now, that our fundamental ideals, values, and principles are being undermined by those who've taken an oath to support and protect them in the Constitution to advance their own selfish interest and their own power. And this is this is not the Democrat elite are in charge of the White House and in charge of uh, a lot of the, the administrative state. We see the, the politicization of the Department of Justice, of law enforcement agencies, of, of all of these different entities whose mission it is to serve the people. Uh, being being politicized and, and that power being abused to advance personal and political interests by those in power. That's, that's that, that that's is the it. biggest threat, that the immediate threat that we face uh, in this country. That's it. And what do we do now? Like, what, what does the American public, the concerned American public do to try to stop that? First and foremost, in this age of cancel culture and censorship, we have to exercise our freedoms. They're trying to take them away. We have to make sure that our voices are heard in whatever platform or situation or whatever that is. 
we have to exercise our freedoms in order to to stop to to in order to maintain them and even as there are challenges in our election process even though we don't we may not necessarily have the options that we would choose we we have our democracy was set up to ensure that a, a government of by and for the people if we the people don't participate in that democracy we won't have a government of by and for the people what we need to do is we there also sorry sorry what we what also what we need to do our election offices they have to do a press conference themselves and announce this i mean announce when, the results uh, of an, the election announce the results of the elections i mean when i was there kitv they did a good interview with me and then they kept begging me over and over hey can we come for the n- live night uh, election night at your house and i said no, maybe that's not a good idea. I didn't, maybe my brothers might be drinking or something. I don't want anything, any bad press or anything. So they came over and, uh, no, they didn't come over. We stopped them from coming over, but they kept asking us for an interview. So I sat down and I did the interview with them. And then uh, I got up and my, my buddy goes, hey, that was a good interview. The next thing, I walk out the door, the next thing they play is an already edited video. Oh, the primary's over. Here it is. We got the winners, Duke and Green. So they'll, they'll go on to the final. And I thought, sat there for a little bit, and I thought, ah, maybe I should have told them to come over KITV. Then I would just go, hey, this is fake, and slam their camera on the ground or something. <laughs> but I, I thought, huh, the news, the news runs the election. These guys run the election. You know, that was the first time I ever thought that. And, and then I thought, you know, different things, because here's the ball. And these guys have uh, criminal or civil and criminal liability. If if they say anything, that's why I wonder why they don't do press conferences. So here they got the ball. Now they pass the ball to somebody who has no civil and criminal liability, which is the news, right? And now the news is holding the ball, and they're the ones, they're the messenger. You know, they say kill the messenger, different things, but they're the messenger. They're the guys who's going to tell everybody about it. So you never hear from this guy. The ball's over on this side. And that's what, I mean, I felt that I saw. And anybody who said, and the news will be going like, no, they got the ball. And, and look, these people are lying, saying, hey, oh, they're, or Trump and them are telling more lies about the election voting machines or Lindell or everything. But I don't know who is who in the zoo. We don't know who's a good guy. We don't know who's a bad guy. We know nothing. We, know, we don't know too much of our history. You know, it just, it's, life's tough to kind of sift through everything going on. And most people don't have the time. Yeah, and we're all stuck in the rat race. There's so many bills going through every day. And, and I'm kind of, I kind of like to think about political stuff, but I don't got the time to find out every bill getting passed through the city county council. And I, and I grew up with these people, and still, you'll see different things. They were trying to pass this bill. It's a... Uh, they, what they're going to do is like they clean up the downtown, but they put a lien on the owner of the property. He gets a lien put on his property. So, uh, so all the commercial people kind of went went along with it, and and everybody were like, "Hey, we're just going to pass that bill to you, and you're going to pass that bill to your your employee." And now they're going to put parking stalls out there. Everybody's just going to go to Walmart. Nobody's going to come to Hilo's downtown anymore. Everybody got to kind of wake up, you know, and and kind of figure out what's going on a little bit. And, and these and so as soon as they were done with Hilo, they didn't get it passed. My mother had to jump on the downtown improvement agency just to get the council to not bring the bill up again because they kept bringing it up. And all they did was pick up and move to Pohoa to get the, that bill passed in Pohoa. And then Ka'u, 
or whatever else, whatever else they do these things. It's a nonstop. It's an onslaught. It's just constantly going, going. And you and can't be on top of all of it. You can't be on top of none of it because we're all we're busy. Tulsi, you know? there's all this talk about it's like it's fascinating. I, I'm sure you've seen this, but there's a video that shows like 20 minutes of the Democrats denying the results of the elections. Yes, and it's all you've seen it, right? Yes, it's really crazy because it's Hillary Clinton. It's a, they, you know, he's an illegitimate president. Mm -hmm. He lost the election. The Russians hacked the election. All this crazy stuff. But when Trump says it, then it becomes a serious threat to our democracy. Well, and as we are seeing now. A prosecutable offense. Yes, is in in your eyes to it, say the question. Well, it's, it's one of the things that he's being charged with. Oh wow! What? How much veracity is it? Is there to these claims? It seems like, at least on some local levels, there's a a constant theme of catching something. There's there's people that are concerned about the voting machines. There's people concerned about ballot dumping. There's people concerned about mail-in ballots. What is your thoughts on that? Uh, there's, there is no doubt there are improvements that need to be made to ensure the integrity of our elections, period, full stop. Um, this is something that, that I sought to address while I was in Congress with a very, very simple piece of legislation that would have said... Um, or, or that would have implemented federal funding for each state to require either a paper ballot or a, a, a paper record of an electronic vote that's cast. That way, if there are any questions about the integrity of the election or the vote count, you would have the ability to conduct a paper audit of that uh, election. We've seen time and again through these DEF CON hacking conferences they have in Vegas almost every year how, you know, children, 12, 13, 14 year old kids go in and they do these demonstrations. Hey, we're going to time you. Can you hack into this voting electronic voting system from whatever state? And these kids are able to hack into these systems within minutes. Kids. What to speak of somebody who may try to do a, 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 a you know, a concerted attack and manipulate the outcome of, of an election. So my bill is very simple. We know these vulnerabilities. States and counties have the, the federal government ha does not have the authority to administer elections, period. That is run by the counties and the states. And that's why the laws are very different in how they choose to do it. So my bill said, okay, well, there is funding that the federal government provides to these counties and states to administer these elections. This federal funding should come with a baseline requirement that these elections, uh, are auditable by having some form of a paper record. Nobody in Congress was interested in passing that legislation. Of course not. Even yeah. though we had statistics, and I believe this was in 2017, where the state of Virginia has, uh, or the Commonwealth of Virginia, as they say, um, has off-year elections. So they, they don't hold their statewide elections on the same year, e even numbered years. And that year they had uh, was the first year that they had implemented 17 or 19, but they had first implemented having some form of a paper record. And it was the the year that they did not get a single question. Uh, the state office of elections did not get a single question or complaint about the integrity of their elections. And they did it because they saw, oh, gosh, these electronic voting systems are really vulnerable. We need to do something about it. And they took action. Um, the fact that this is not the case across the country is very concerning. Uh, it, it is concerning that, that you see so many of the Democrat elite dismiss people who merely ask questions about voter fraud. Well, no, 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 it doesn't occur. 
when when I was in Congress, I shared a house with my my sister and her husband there uh, in D.C. When when election time came around, they got a few ballots from the previous owners of the home who had since been deceased. I don't know how many people in the country are getting ballots mailed to them to be filled out at home and returned. Wow. With the names of people who died, and and there's no you know there's no verification of that. So there there are very clear steps that can and should be taken to increase and improve the integrity of our elections. Uh, that um, you know the 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 whole uh, oh gosh the the ballot stuffing where you know they pay people to go out and get get ballots filled up you know in like uh, um, uh, older care homes and and these other places. Um, you know, there, there, there are a lot of questions around that process and ensuring the integrity that need to be addressed. But, but even if you won, let's say you did win, even though you don't know, say you won. What forces the news to tell the truth of who won? There's no election law. There's no election law that the news is under. under. There's no, there's no law of, of anything, right, that, they, that they, have to, they have to say this. They're under no civil or criminal liability. To say anything, so even if you win the election, that's why I wonder. You know, when when, uh, when Stephen Trump or, or um, Lindell come in and they start talking about the the mail-in ballots or the voting stuff, is that how come nobody's talking about the guy who tells everybody who won? We never, our whole lives, we never got to see the phone call that they say they got when oh they just called us right now and so and so won. Now they even do it before. Now they even do it like a project, projection style before the counting's even done. They what they they say who won. I mean, we gotta kill the messenger. We we have to make a law that has a press. Con- if you're gonna announce something, if Dana's gonna announce something, everybody. We've always done press conferences. That's what we do. That's what people do. They do press conferences, and the press comes. But this one, they t- call the press behind our backs, and the press says it. You know, is, is that is that an accident or, you know, and the whole time we're looking here, the ball's over here. But what about these guys? Are we never going to look at these guys? I'm waiting for Trump to, you know, say, well, let's go look at these guys for a little bit. You know, we we didn't see what happened. And it, it makes you wonder, why does CNN, Google, like you said, it's been curated and uh, Fox and all these people. Why do there is nothing that holds them to that? They got to tell the truth. What we need is the press conference. So if the guy doesn't tell the truth, he's incriminating himself right there. He works for the he works for the government. I'm sure he has to have signed some kind of oath, some whether civil or criminal liability, that he has to tell the truth and then have well, all the news. Well, that was the case. Just if that was the case with the news, they had to tell the truth. Like they would be in a lot of trouble. Like just yeah. to, just imagine just the war in Iraq, just yeah. the weapons of mass destruction, just the yeah. I mean the Russia collusion yeah. scam that they talked about forever. Yeah, that the people responsible for that are totally being taken seriously in other manners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you that, know, you know that that is. I mean that it, it is not when people in the mainstream media talk about uh, you know the elections and election fraud and you know outside forces coming in and trying to. Uh, undermine uh, and, and usurp uh, our elections. They obviously never talk about themselves and how much propaganda they put out to create this facade of a democracy where essentially they work with the power elite in Washington from one party or another, and they they basically decide, hey, here's the people that we we uh, we're okay with voters being exposed to. These are the acceptable people, and here's the people who are unacceptable to the elite, and therefore we got to destroy them. 
And this is what I went through when I ran for president yeah. in 2020, the Democratic primary from the very first day I announced through the entire campaign. It was it was already decided that I was not a, a, a candidate that they found acceptable. We are seeing the very and so they did everything they could to discredit and smear and you know well, media Hillary blackouts was and all saying this. You were a Russian asset, exactly. And no member of the media ever <laughs> said, "Oh, really? What evidence do you have of that?" Right. They just they they repeated the line over and over and yeah. over again, and it worked. People believed it. Yeah. And you're seeing the same thing happening now with RFK. They decided, hey, this guy is speaking way too much truth, and so we're going to do everything we possibly can to block voters from from hearing him and we are going to try to smear and discredit him with lies so that if they do hear him they're not going to believe what he says yeah i mean anything so many things are you wonder from the news so if, if the news isn't true what about history and and it's the funniest thing me and my friend talking the other day and we're like yeah we came to the agreement that you know you walk in What's the only thing you don't see in the in the cave when you look at all those uh, all those different pictures of UFOs and dinosaurs and stuff? You don't see a you don't see a caveman. So what you don't see, you know? So it just it's funny. It's funny what what is what is out there and what we take as fact and what we you know. What do you mean by that with the cave people? No, no. You know how they they. The, right. All the different drawings that uh -huh. you see, dinosaurs, UFOs, yeah, right. yeah, just the different stuff. But you, they never drew each other. Yeah, like you never really see, you never see a caveman. That's in funny. I never even thought about that. I, I don't guess know they enough were only, about it to notice. I guess people just died <laughs> well, so quick back then. They they didn't really. Well, you question everything. I mean, University of Hawaii wants to own the Native Hawaiians' history, and and they get so aggressive all the time. You know, the professors and this and that. And I'm like, you're just taking money from the state. You're just another department like all the others. And, uh, you know, it does, you know, it makes makes me wonder the different things. You know, they say they say they uh, from a petroglyph that they made this boat and we came across the ocean and different things. And, you know, being from Hilo, we are the ones who always get hit from the tsunamis. So I'm like, hey, it's man, true. how do we get hit from the tsunamis if we knew about the water so well? I mean, it just it makes you makes you wonder, you know. I, I think the it thing, makes you wonder. The thing that that um, is so alarming is that you know, again, I'm going back to the the funding for Ukraine. The fact that there are Democrats and Republicans uh, in Congress who have blocked every attempt of accountability for how that money is being spent, how our money is being spent, says yeah. it all. They that don't want us to all. know where that money is going. They don't want us to know how it's being used. They don't want the corruption that continues in Ukraine to be exposed. They don't want us to know mm -hmm. the truth. They just want us to yeah. continue to support them writing this with this blank check, essentially, without yeah. any justification and, and tearing people down who just say, hold on a second. How does how does spending hundreds of billions of dollars of our money help us? How does it help the American people? How yeah. does it help our national security interests? It doesn't help us, and it undermines our national security interests because the consequence of this that we are directly facing because of the Biden administration and the mm -hmm. warmongers in Washington is we are now closer to the brink of nuclear war than ever before. Yeah. How and, has that made us safer? And, it hasn't. And 10% for the big guy. <laughs> <laughs> the fact which, we can't, which the fact that, that no Democrat... In Washington, no Democrat in Washington that I've heard, at least, and I've been watching pretty closely, has stood up and said, well, hold on a second. All of this evidence that's coming out, more and more evidence that's coming out about 
the corruption of Hunter Biden and President Biden's uh, uh, culpability in that entire mess, no one is saying, hey, we should we should probably look into this. They're yeah. dismissing it all and saying, oh, you know, uh, the only thing Joe Biden talked about with Hunter Biden's, uh, you know, uh, Ukrainian Burisma executive counterparts, they talked about the weather. Yeah. I heard a congressman say this, like, to the media. Like, what are you guys even worried about? All he talked about was the weather. Yeah. They flew <laughs> over to time. Ukraine. Right. He flew over to Ukraine in 2015 right. with his son to, to talk, talk about to the talk weather. To talk about the weather. And then when they came and visited Hunter in D.C. and Hunter called his dad and they talked about the weather. And isn't there somewhere in the neighborhood of $20 million that they got from that? From these uh, yeah, dealings? I mean, I, I think that's that's what I've heard has been accounted for. Yeah. But then, you know, you, you hear all kinds of things like, oh, well, how is it that, you know, Joe Biden's grandchildren have five million dollars in their trust account? Like, where does that like who? I, I don't know. But, but, now, but the fact that they're not even that that there's not just an accepted um, standard in Washington saying, well, these accusations are being made. There is evidence in communications, mm -hmm. written evidence that couldn't have been fabricated. We, as elected representatives of the people, have a responsibility to in objectively investigate this and, and, and see in, where it leads. And same in Hawaii, right? Same with, everywhere. With Bisson and Green and, and all these guys, that's the same thing. I mean, you, you think about, oh, there was millions when they were talking with Hunter Biden, and that was before he was a president. Now he's up in the billions. He's up in, I mean, I would have to think, all this money going to Ukraine, it's much easier to make that money disappear than it is to, to um, make it disappear in Hawaii. And, and uh, you know, they have, what's that, that saying? Uh, well, just at the best, the, the government's a money laundering machine. And at, at the worst, I mean, the, the devil himself sometimes, you know. A friend of mine was telling me that uh, uh, her friend is, is, is an art dealer. And he told her that, um, art is, is I think she said, one of the most uh, used platforms or vehicles for money laundering. And when you, and, and this, was, this was said within the context of how is it that Hunter Biden can sell a piece of art for $500,000? Right. Boom. A million dollars. Boom. Denzel so this is what I mean when, when you look at like, well, okay, so, so how much money are they actually accounting for that's going directly into his bank account or whatever? I think you got to look at the whole picture. Yeah, and you also have to say who's buying it. Yeah, who are the people buying it? Exactly. What are their connections? <laughs> right. You know, is it a is it an LLC that's purchasing this from a, a, some sort of a offshore account? Like, what's going on? Right. Where's that money coming from? Right. Yeah. Right. And the fact that the mainstream media, you know, those two whistleblowers from the IRS, the IRS investigative agents, who came out and said basically they were stopped from doing their job and looking into Hunter Biden. Uh, by their superiors, the fact that the mainstream media media called them so-called whistleblowers, mm. immediately undermining what they were actually doing, putting their entire career and reputation and safety on the line, yeah. was an again straight out the gate. If you're not if you're not falling in line with what uh, the power elite, Democrat elite, wants you to do, and their their partners in the media you are immediately discredited. And when people, what, what is this here, Jamie? Another single, unknown single buyer purchased <laughs> 11 Hunter Biden paintings for $875,000. That buyer has reportedly purchased the majority of a $1.38 million wow. total in sales. He likes art. 
Yeah. Got a big fan. He's a big fan. The gallery sets the pricing and handles all sales based on the highest ethical standards of the industry. Well, the industry doesn't have high ethical standards. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like if you're the ethical, ethical standards of the industry of pimping, you know, yeah. you, you know, right. <laughs> you, have, you, have, you have to have high ethical That's standards. That's what I said, and does not disclose the name of the buyer to Hunter Biden. But just what they did with the laptop story. Yeah. The fact that they suppressed it from Facebook, they yeah. suppressed it from Twitter, they they did all yeah. that. And when Zuckerberg was on the podcast and he said the FBI had contacted them about mm -hmm. that, that was a sobering moment. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. And then when the Twitter files come out and then you read that, you know, that, and the 51 intelligence, former intelligence agency guys that had signed off on that, yep. that this was Russian disinformation when they had known it wasn't. That that right there, when when you talk about interference with our elections, yeah. when you when you look at some of the stuff the media is talking about and you see what happened there weeks before that 2020 election, I think that the whole uh, that letter came out from the 51 former senior intelligence officials in October, just prior to the November election in 2020, stating this uh, laptop has what is it is like has all, all the, the hall, earmarks it, hallmark of hallmarks, of, uh, yeah. of Russian disinformation based on nothing, and then you go back and you look at well where why was that letter instigated? Well then, uh, you know whatever campaign senior advisor Tony Blinken to President uh, to Vice then Vice President or I guess former Vice President Biden made a call. He made a call to Mike Morrell within the uh, within the CIA or former former deputy of the CIA. And then he called a friend and there was a CIA staffer, an active CIA staffer who helped orchestrate that letter within like a 24 hour period of time. And it, this is all on the record. This, there, this is all uh, Mike Morrell said this to Congress in, in uh, private testimony that's since been released. But this was instigated because the Biden campaign told him, hey, we need President, we need uh, Joe Biden to have a good talking point to use in this next debate against Trump, because we know Trump is going to bring up Hunter Biden's laptop and we need to give Biden a talking point so that he can immediately dismiss the whole topic of the Hunter Biden laptop. That letter from the 51 senior former uh, intelligence leaders gave him that talking point. He used it in that debate and it's what was used as the excuse to shut down the New York Post and to shut down anyone who tried to publish the contents of that laptop. It's wild. For national security reasons. It's wild. And there's no repercussions. There's no repercussions. But you want to talk about interference in our election. You yeah. withheld information from voters that may have, some would say very likely would have, persuaded them to not vote for Joe Biden. And the people on the Democratic side, they are so against Trump that they would happily take that. Yes. And that they don't care. No qualms. It doesn't bother them. Nope. They're like, look. It did what we wanted it to do. Joe Biden got into office. Right. Better than Trump. It's about them. It's yeah. about their power. And, and the, that's it. And the true believers are like, yes, better than Trump. Better than Trump. Better than Trump. Whew. Trump's a Russian agent. They'll, they'll say all this crazy stuff that they've they, they just also heard spit out by right. the propaganda And the machine. facts don't matter at that point. Uh, are we living in a movie? Uh, I heard people talk about the Matrix. Mm. What, what is that? That. Uh, spoiler alert, the Matrix or whatever. We're living in a Matrix. Well, the idea is that this is, well, that's where it gets really complicated. The idea is that w we're involved in a simulation, that, that all life is really just a simulation. 
And the the real problem is when you go to probability theory, and when you talk to which I don't totally understand, but when they talk about the probability, it's more probable that we're living in a simulation than we're not. And if the simulation can exist, and if if likely as technology advances will exist, it will probably be undiscernible from reality. And the idea of an entire universe that's most likely filled with intelligent life forms, that this simulation hasn't been created, is smaller than the idea that a simulation doesn't exist. Wow. But then again, you know, I'm a moron. You, you talk talking to me about things like that. I'm like, I'm just saying words that sound smart, but my puny little brain is like, wait, what? Like, what, what, are you, what exactly? What are you saying? So this is not real, but it is real. Yeah, but there's real consequences. I mean, we know that, right? Yes. The, the fire was real. The consequence right. to people's yes. lives is real. The the, yes. the war in Ukraine is real. The people are dying. It's real. You know, the, the propaganda machine is real. East Palestine is real. Yes. You know, whether, whether it's real in a simulation or whether it's real in a carbon – or there is, there is no carbon reality. There is no concrete, rock-solid reality. Everything's a simulation. I mean, if you really get down to, like, what atoms are, most of atoms are empty. You know, it's just massive empty space that's very confusing. And then when you get to subatomic particles that exist in different spaces at the exact same time, and somehow mm -hmm. or another can be both in a superposition where they can be both moving and still. What? Like, okay. Yeah. What is this thing that we're we're arguing about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, is, what is this life that we're living? Yeah. You know, and you know how much of this is how much of this is like concrete and real. And how much it's, of this is it just we, we're just like you know, you know you're talking about childhood trauma and people that are fucked up and mm -hmm. most people most people are a little fucked mm -hmm. up and they're just swimming through this world of possibilities and anxiety and not knowing what's and then you're being lied to by the people that are supposed to be there to take care of you but it's so obvious that they're not yeah. concerned with taking care of you they're concerned with con I mean from the moment they get into the White House they're concerned with re-election. They're concerned yeah. with, I mean, this is what happens. Donate, yeah. donate, donate. We need money. We got to fight off this and that. Donate yeah. to the Democratic Party. I mm. mean, this is, this is uh, you know, when, when our founders kind of formed these founding documents of the United States of America, their vision was, unex you know, having uh, come from the past of, you know, the Queen of England and these authoritarian leaders, um, they, they, expressly intended to keep government as having a very, very, very limited role in our lives, a mm -hmm. very limited role in our lives. When you look at the Constitution Bill of Rights, it's limited to saying what the government can't, is not allowed to touch, what they're not allowed to do. Um, you look at, there's a reason for that, for us to, to express our individual sovereignty, to think for ourselves, to live our lives, to, to be able to truly live free. And you look at, uh, for example, what what actually happened uh, after the the Lahaina fire blew through and, and destroyed the entire historic town of Lahaina. What happened? Government didn't show up at all. It was people helping people. That was the most beautiful thing that rose up from this disaster. And we've seen it in other in other major disasters as well. You know, in Hawaii, we call it the Aloha spirit, that love, that care, and that compassion that we as people have for each other, whether we are friends or family or total strangers, recognizing someone in need, and even if you have nothing at all yourself, stepping up and saying, 
here. I'm here for you. And, and that's what we saw in an incredible way happening all across uh, all across, you know, West Maui, Maui County, but but also the support and help and heart and prayers that was coming in from people all over the country and around the world. When you what when we when we talk about going back to the basics of limiting government's control, of limiting uh, the responsibilities that uh, that they have, and instead allowing people to live and take care of each other. I mean, this this has application in every respect. You talk about education, BJ. And, and how little choice parents actually have mm-hmm. in being able to choose what kind of education is best for their kids. Is it a home school? Is it a charter school? Is it a religious school? It's like, what, what is it? Parents in so many cases, and increasingly so under the Biden administration, are seeing their rights as parents to care for their kids in the best way that they know uh, being taken away. And school officials and education unions literally, and the Biden administration literally saying that uh we we have the right to determine your child's education you as a parent do not parents getting arrested by going to board of education meetings having themselves wild. be silent exactly that's what the, the the parents getting arrested while they're going to these meetings is wild yes. not even bj penn got arrested <laughs> <laughs> but parents going to these meetings to complain about the education their children yes. are receiving and the propaganda that the children are receiving yes. and then them getting arrested and also and attempts for them to be labeled yes by yes. by the federal government yeah that's insane uh, that's insane it's, it's, you know. It, do, you, do you not think that the parents are concerned? Do you not think that their concerns are well, valid? Like that's that's yeah. supposed to be open for debate. And when, yeah. when that debate gets said, then people get to decide, well, which side is right. Mm-hmm. But when you silence debate, all that tells me is you're scared to lose. Yes. And you don't want to lose this. But the question is like, why? Why would the government not want people to be involved in the, chil- the education of their children? I can see not no, want parents to be involved. Not want you parents mean. Rather, yeah. to be involved in the education. Well, of children. you know, why would it, that doesn't be, because they they want a generation of people to be raised who are conformists, not critical thinkers. Yes, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, it and is. It is about exerting that control and making sure these little kids from the very beginning know. Hey, yeah. I'm on a tight leash and these are the boundaries and this is how I must live my life and operate under the authority of these people who've appointed themselves. We and, don't and, need no right. education. Right. Boom. I love that song. And when, when, do we, when do we say enough is enough? I mean, they well, say, this, say yeah. they, they're going to put, say Trump, they're going to put, I think they're going to put Trump back in because I think that's why they're doing this whole pandemic and everybody's going to say no, that's a believable story, and I and I, I hope Trump goes out there and says, Johnson and Johnson, uh, Pfizer, Moderna, all you guys are going to prison. You know, I, I did warp speed to help the people, and you guys made a myocarditis shot. Fauci, you too. Uh, you know, and I I, I want to see, you know, uh, something like that. Do you that. think that they're going to let Trump get into office? I think that's why maybe they're doing this pandemic. I don't know. And well, then I think, but no one's buying it. And then it's I just think not. It, it's not that uh, you know. It, I think they are doing, and by they I mean Doctor Evil. Well, no, it's bigger than that. <laughs> it's bigger than that. By they I mean uh, the the Democrat elite that have vast control. It's not just the President Biden or the Biden administration. It's the media. It's yeah. the politicized Department of Justice. They are doing. The, the timing of 
all of these charges against Trump is not an accident. Wow. The, the fact that they want to hold multiple uh, court hearings for these charges the day the day before Super Tuesday, which is a major turning point in any candidate's election. They want to kick off these uh, uh, court hearings the day before Super Tuesday. It's not an accident. This is all happening uh, right now. It's Banana Republic stuff. It, it, it really is. And that's what they're doing is, again, these, the, these terrible things that are happening in our country are happening because we have people in power who care more about themselves and their power than they do about the people uh, this country, our constitution, our democracy. They are setting this incredibly dangerous precedent that now, much like many banana republics in the world, whoever's in power has the ability to politicize and weaponize that power to go after their political opponent. That's the, that's, that's the real, you take away whatever people think about Trump or whatever, right. the consequences and implications of what, what is actually happening and what so many of the Democrat elite are justifying in the name of protecting democracy is actually destroying it. And when you look at the charges, like when he gets indicted, where the day before there's a scandal, Mm-hmm. It's it, there's a chart of the the, the revelations a that Biden come scandal. about about Biden, yeah, and then day after Trump gets arraigned, you guys got some power. Trump gets indicted, right? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just the whole thing is just so. So how much do we take? I mean, right? what what do we do? What can be done? Mm-hmm. What can be done? You know, I mean, I don't know at this point. Well, I mean, it it does. It starts with us. It starts with us as Americans taking our own responsibility seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in the in the Constitution and Bill of Rights, it talks about our government exists with the consent of the governed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's us. There but is we the people. That's but, us. But these guys, have, yeah, yeah. But then when you have things like the deep state, like they're they're oh, in there's forever. no question. There's no question. The 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 these powerful entities are very real and they they want nothing more than to hold on to their power but isn't it fascinating that that was not generally discussed before 2016 before yeah. trump got into office yes. that was not like a big no. concern that people had like the cia because or the he's FBI the guy who broke through right <laughs> right he's the i mean you know you look at what the fbi and, and what the government was doing uh during before that election even happened to try to take him off the field, yeah. to try to eliminate him from being a choice that voters could seriously consider. You look at what the mainstream media, even Fox News did at yeah. that time, to try to make it so people didn't take him seriously. He's the guy that broke through. And so what did they do? Every single day of his presidency, and now for years beyond, they're continuing to try to make sure uh, that he is not uh, allowed to carry out you know, the things that he was talking about. And he is the guy who's, as you've talked about, he's the guy who talked very openly about the military industrial complex yeah. and their power and the deep state and these entities. It's going to be really wild to see what happens in November. I'm very nervous about it. I'm very nervous about the country just as a whole. Yeah. I'm really worried that people are going to lose their fucking minds, you know, and that that's going to be the tipping point. And then people are going to agree to even more stupid shit. And, and, then, and it just, it seems they just want, us to fight with each other all day long and that's and that's the right to fight that's where so much of of what i'm dedicating my my time and energy to is uh you know using every platform i have available to um 
talk about the fundamentals of who we are as a country, as as Americans. What is it, what was what were the values and principles this country was founded upon? And we can have different ideas on political issues here and there, but if we're standing on a common ground of recognizing our fundamental rights and freedoms, that is a pathway forward for us to make sure that we do all that we can uh, to protect it, that we be critical thinkers, that we seek out the truth, that we speak the truth, that we're willing to to uh, have conversations with people who we might disagree with and know that, hey, I, you know what, I still respect you. You're still my friend. Right. It's cool. Yeah. And, and by doing so um, and exercising our responsibility to vote for people who actually care about the people versus more of these same politicians who clearly only care about themselves and their own power, we we can and must start to make that shift uh, to save our country. Tulsi, what, what's in your future politically? Uh, it's a good question. Um, I have seen, I have experienced of uh, uh, what the power elite and, and all of their propaganda arms are capable of and how they... Uh, how they tanked my candidacy uh, in in 2020. Um, if there were a viable path uh, forward, I would take it. Uh, there are different there are different possibilities that I'm looking at, but my my goal is to serve our country, and my goal is to be in a position to make the most positive impact to serve the American people in our country. Beautiful. We need more people like you. Yeah, we really do. We really yeah, need more people not, like this for me. There's not a lot of people like you. And it's it, you You exposed the system in so many ways because you were everything that everybody claimed they were looking for. <laughs> On its face, right? <laughs> <laughs> All everything. the superficial things. Everything. Eloquent, a leader, a person who served, a, a congresswoman, everything, everything. Impeccable record, everything. And still, they're like, not her. No fucking way. Because I didn't do what they wanted. There you yeah. go. Yeah. I wouldn't be go. a puppet. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And thank you, BJ, too. Thanks for coming, brother. Oh, appreciate thank you. you. Always. Thank you very much. It's always you. a pleasure. Yeah, BJ, you know, I always tell people, at the end of the day, you know, this is, as far as your MMA career, you got to look at BJ in his prime. I say that all the time. <laughs> yep. Man, it was I was there. Day. I was yeah. there in your prime. You were a motherfucker, Man. dude. You were a motherfucker. I was telling Pat earlier, BJ, um, you, you walked away, but I remember as a, as a kid growing up in Hawaii who loved martial arts, at the very beginning, seeing BJ's rise coming out of Hawaii, obviously we were so proud. I was very much a tomboy in martial arts and like all kinds of stuff as a kid growing up. And it was when you guys came out with your white Ruka shorts with the black belt. I was like, oh man, I need one of those. <laughs> Gotta represent. Oh, man. Thank you. It was an awesome time. And I think some of these young guys that are only thinking about fighters that are in the current era, they, they missed your era. Yeah. They got to go back and watch. Mm. Yeah. It was those fun. Sean Shirk days, yeah. the Diego Sanchez days. You were, you were the man. Man, you, I just moved back in with my mom because she's getting older and. I was cleaning out my house, and I—you kind of realize life—it's—it's it's a, it's a—it's a few memories and so a couple short. pictures. Yeah, that's what life is, right? Yeah, a lot of it. Make the most of it. A lot it. of it. Well, thank you both for coming here and talking about this. I think uh, it's not getting nearly enough time discussed in the world, yeah. and uh, people need to just understand how fucked it is. 
So thank you very much. So that we can oh, fix it. Yes. 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 Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. We'll figure this out. Thank you. Bye, thank everybody. You. Thank you.